On this episode of Hit the Mats Podcast, the results are in. Who won our competition? Who got the most predictions correct? We review WrestleMania. Stay tuned. Tonight's main event. Welcome to Hit the Mats. In this corner, from New Milford, Connecticut, your WWE mentor, Diane the Man Maloney. And his opponent, from Toledo, Ohio, the filthy casual himself, Chris Hogan. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Mats Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Dan the Man Maloney. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything WWE wrestling this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly professional wrestling podcast where Dan, your diehard fan, and I, your resident filthy casual, run you through the latest events, shows, news, and discuss a topic about the world of wrestling for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and write well elsewhere. It really does help us out. Uh, if you are interested, we also have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash hit the books and encompasses both our comic book show uh, with Amory Saunders, uh, hit the books podcast, and it encompasses our wrestling show. Hit the Mats podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube, and soon to be... Uh, a couple more, including Podbean and SoundCloud and all that stuff. It's a work in progress. It takes a lot of work to get this stuff set up. So we're getting there. Uh, once again, we're a little late. So we're going to record this. And then in a few days, when we don't have as much actual work to do, uh, we're going to record the following week, which was now the end of this week. And then the following day after that, we will record next week's stuff. And then I will have to find a way to edit all of it and get it out to you. Hopefully we can get caught up. We'll see. Uh, if you have been watching and listening, I, you might have noticed some slight differences in the shows. I experimented with uh, basically making the audio and video a little bit faster by about 2%. Uh, it worked pretty well for a specific type of editing I did. But not so well for the other. I think it was two episodes ago uh, on our channel. Uh, you might have noticed that there was some weird kind of echoing almost going on with the audio. I apologize for that. Unfortunately, it was already rendered and I can't really go back. So that's what you got. Um, but it did cut down on the show quite a bit. So if you're hurt for time, it really does help. And uh, it cut down on rendering time for me. So sorry about that. I've learned <laughs> my lesson now. I have a little more experience with this stuff now. So expect the shows to go and flow a little tiny, teeny bit faster. And um, you might notice that the pitches of our voice are just a teeny, tiny little bit higher. Just a teeny, tiny bit. But that's how you avoid the echo effect, is to not maintain the same pitch. Luckily, we have such naturally masculine, deep voices that uh, oh, yes. shouldn't, shouldn't affect it too much here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Yes. No problem. Stunning. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, again, uh, as I mentioned on Hit the Books podcast with Emery, uh, we will be doing um, 
a little bit less extra stuff in the video content just because it's so time consuming to get both of these shows out and have all the extra pictures and edits and whatnot in there. So it's going to be bare basics on the editing. And I do apologize for that until we can afford to hire an editor or, you know, have more time in between. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I want to focus on getting these episodes out to you on time. So that's the priority going forward. Remember, you can always chat with us on Twitter at HTBVids. You can chat with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can talk to us via email at hit the books vids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com, where you can submit any questions or construction, um, uh, constructional criticisms or anything like that. Um, I think I covered everything. Oh, main thing, our website. If you want to find links to all of these things, all the services, all the podcast uh, places you can find our show, go ahead and check out htbvids.com. Um, we also have uh, individual blogs on there and covers of the week, and soon we'll have uh, our weekly scores for everything up there. Again, just a matter of time. Once we get it built, it'll be easy, but the, the built process is the building process is the hard part. So um i think that covers everything let's get into wrestlemania now for those of you who watched our bonus release episode uh and our prediction episode we had two guests on here uh caleb ward and shane sims uh who are friends of ours uh who came onto the show and are huge huge wrestling fans far more than probably even dan Mm -hmm. Uh, they're really into the indie scenes and whatnot Mm -hmm. so uh they came on the show and uh joined in our prediction contest and of course there will be a reward for the winner who won you'll find out soon so let's jump into wrestlemania there will not be a topic this week because wrestlemania is the topic mm-hmm. so uh and that's a very big topic yeah it's gonna take a lot of time hopefully we can tear through this in under three hours that's the plan and that's what i'm going with so first up we had the pre-show going on for wrestlemania uh pat mcafee looking fabulous and his his suit and causing shorts. some controversy apparently why don't you uh tell the fans what happened there uh yeah so mcafee actually recapped this on his show um his podcast where apparently uh one michael cole was none too happy to be seeing pat mcafee wearing bicycle shorts of some kind tuxedo bicycle shorts um, hey, it's all the rage right now. The biggest LeBron wore it of the year for WWE <laughs> when he would be appearing on camera, uh, probably for the first time that Vince McMahon would be seeing, considering McAfee has only been on camera for WWE on the NXT Takeover pre-shows, where he was spitting hot fire. And we know that Vince doesn't care about NXT, so it's unlikely he was watching the pre-shows. Mm. So uh, Michael Cole apparently let him have it pretty good uh, in front of many people including some of the performers that McAfee thinks very highly of. So basically, it's like, you know, if if somebody just lit into you in front of Finn Balor and just totally emasculated you yeah. was how McAfee was well, feeling. Well, seeing that uh, Pat McAfee <laughs> is a professional athlete, I'm surprised yes, Pat McAfee didn't fucking murder him. So, you know. <laughs> well, apparently McAfee was and uh, I love Pat McAfee, surprisingly way, so. non-confrontational about this, considering he didn't really say it. He didn't recount saying anything to Cole while it was happening and instead he sort of just stormed into the back where they were doing they were setting up the streaming for the watch along party um, that they do on the network separately or on the YouTube channel and uh, just started packing his shit and was going to leave and a production assistant or some kind of WWE employee came up and asked him what was going on and he said well you can tell Michael Cole to go F himself 
and apparently the employee said, just just hang on a minute, just just don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back with Michael Cole, and they explained to him that they had approached Vince McMahon about the shorts that McAfee was wearing, the tuxedo shorts. Which are awesome. And in order to <laughs> get Vince to conceptualize what they were talking about, they showed him a picture of LeBron James wearing the same tuxedo shorts, to which Vince apparently responded... Oh, yeah, I've seen those. I'm hip. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so McAfee was allowed to proceed to the show. Which was awesome. tuxedo shorts. It was probably Uh, my favorite part of the pre-show, to be honest. (laughs) It's all very confusing to me. Um, First, how was this the first time Michael Cole was seeing the shorts? And why was he only yelling at him an hour before they were going to go live? Yeah. Second of all, it seems was... like a, a dick move to a guy who seems like feels like he's being threatened by yeah. someone's presence. Yeah, but the other thing by is a guy who's clearly better. But the other thing is, wh- from Mac, from the perspective of looking at McAfee, why would you just not say anything to the guy and then go pack your stuff and threaten to leave and tell somebody else probably to go tell him? Probably because you're embarrassed because <laughs> you're the it new just... guy and you're pissed off and embarrassed and you already have a reputation for being a belligerent drunk, you know, in the past. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. So I would just, just, I would, I would think he was, he has no reason to be there. He I has all the money. NFL he, player. he has all the money he could ever want. So why would he yeah. put up with shit like that from a dweeb? And Michael well, Cole. a dweeb with 20 years of WWE broadcasting experience, whereas you're a rookie in broadcasting. Yeah, but you don't so... do that in front of everybody. No, you don't. I unless mean, you're, Michael Cole unless you're trying to posture for a reason. Well, yeah. That's the only reason Cole, you would do that. And Michael Cole does have a reputation for that. And backstage. he's clearly just being an but, asshole and posturing. But I definitely think that... Yeah, and you don't he... posture in front of a guy who has no reason to stay if you make his life a living hell. Like, But yeah. in WWE or the NFL, usually the culture is that if you have a beef with somebody, you go quash it with them. And it just seems like he wasn't willing to approach it, which I thought was well, just a part you, of the story. That's how you get cut. <laughs> so that's usually yeah. not the case for players. Well, he was cutting himself. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so it's just a very is, odd situation. It's fine with him. Yeah, know. very odd situation. But Michael Cole does have a reputation for uh, yeah. being a little controlling. I have zero and, sympathy for Michael Cole. And so. really, there is uh, there is a well-known culture within WWE. There were some people that had worked in WWE previously, particularly in broadcasting roles, that came out and said, basically, that is the culture, not just for Michael Cole, but from everybody that works in a broadcast role. Um, We had people telling stories of, you know, not being clean shaven when they went onto a flight to go to a new city, even though they were planning on shaving when they got to the hotel there, just little things like that. So it is a cultural thing at WWE. The thing is, WWE is just, it's a very well-funded, well-produced circus act. And that's what Pat McAfee was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's a character. That's what Mm -hmm. he's portraying. I I I just think it was ridiculous you don't expect you don't hire pat mcafee to be all professional <laughs> that's not what pat mcafee is or has ever been yeah, that's true it that's is not his what, character. that's also not what makes it popular it's his character i mean if you look at Corey graves he's wearing like a rose suit <laughs> from top to bottom that looked r- ridiculous and he wears yeah. that every week it's true and so, he's always got those tattoos coming off his neck too while yeah he's at it. he looks ridiculous yeah so what? What's the big deal? It's true. It's he, he's Pat supposed was in to, character. He's supposed to look ridiculous. Yeah. You don't do that an hour before the show in front of everyone unless you're just posturing to be an asshole. Yeah, that's what I think. So that's my personal opinion. I have no insight. You know, I don't work for the WWE. Who knows? But uh, yeah, when I heard that, I was just like, "Fuck Michael Cole!" Like mm. he can go fuck. If he had a problem, he could have talked to somebody behind the scenes. You know, a producer or something, or taken him into a room privately or something like that. But no, you don't just yell at the guy, light him up in front of everybody before the broadcast is about to start. Mm-hmm. Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, go and buy a new suit and then rush back to WrestleMania and fucking New Jersey? Like, 
get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> You're just being an asshole. Yeah, it just it seems to me like this is a cultural thing at the company. So as much as Michael Cole is to blame, I think there's also a cultural problem over there that is also to blame. And unfortunately, that starts from the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because people will do as their leadership demonstrates. And uh, we know a certain guy who has been known to ream people for sneezing that happens to own the company. <laughs> so it doesn't terribly surprise me when stories like this come up. When, sure. that's, your, when that's your head guy. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, just a fun story from the pre-show there. Uh, well, maybe not fun. Not but, fun uh, in a traditional sense. <laughs> interesting. A lot of drama. I don't know. But uh, Listen to Pat Mack if you tell the story, though, because he does make it fun. He's hilarious. Every time he tells any story, it's ridiculous and hilarious, and I love it. Which is why he's good at his job, which is to talk. Even when he was a punter, his job was to talk. Yes. <laughs> he, he was the guy on the sideline cheering everybody up and making everybody laugh and getting everybody into it. And that's why he's awesome. Uh, so first up uh, to start the show, we had the Cruiserweight title match. Um, before we get into it, there was two title matches in the pre-show. And we had a ridiculous number of matches throughout the entire show. And most of them were grudge matches and or retirement matches. Now, retirement matches, I understand. But why are... Why every year do we have title matches in the pre-show, usually the cruiserweight, uh, and an additional one, where they're not getting the main show time? If they, it, if it is a title match, it should be on the main show. That, that's just my belief. I think it sucks for the guys that are wrestling and holding the titles and kind of boosting the company while holding the titles because it's just kind of disrespectful. You know, you completely disrespect the revival <laughs> with their tag team uh, title. And you completely disrespect 205 Live entirely mm-hmm. because every year they're on the pre-show, uh, even though they were one of the best matches of the night for me. Um, and quite frankly, so was the Revivals match mm-hmm. with Ryder and Hawkins. And I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like if if there is a large number of grudge matches throughout the show, you can put a few of them in the pre-show and be mm-hmm. just fine. And so you can have all your title matches at WrestleMania. Yeah, I... I, I think the problem is that there's just too many matches. <laughs> I think yeah. that is that is the core problem for me. Um, I would not be in favor of putting one of the grudge matches on the pre-show. Um, I think those are the matches that really need all eyes on them because those have the biggest emotional investment. So even though the Cruiserweight Championship match is, pro- is a higher quality match than your Miz versus Shane, um, your Miz versus Shane has that emotional investment from a casual audience, yeah. whereas a casual audience won't know who Nisa and Murphy are. And unfortunately, at WrestleMania time, you got the biggest casual audience of all because there are a lot of people that treat it like, you know, this is this is an event, just like there's a lot of people that don't watch yeah. football, but they'll tune in for the Super Bowl. And so when you're trying to appeal to those people, you want that emotional investment there, and it wouldn't be there with a Murphy-Nice match, even though mm-hmm. those of us that actually follow this and enjoy quality wrestling want to see that match get both the time and the stage sure. that it deserves and not have a half-full stadium with people walking to their seats with nachos in their hands trying to find their seats yeah. um, while this match is going on. And this match also felt pretty rushed um, to me. Uh, it They gave it more time than I probably thought they would. I thought they would just give it eight minutes and we would move along. They gave it more time than that, but it still felt rushed. Yeah, uh, I think these are guys that like to work with 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, they're used to doing so in their matches on 205 Live, which gives them the time. Mm-hmm. So this still felt like a rush match, and I definitely didn't like the half-full stadium. But when you got so many freaking matches, I mean, somebody's going to get the shot. I mean, we we got to just consider what we had, though. Like, 
AJ Styles and you know um Randy Orton. Randy Orton, thank you. Uh I mean they had a grudge building for two weeks prior to this, and it was just out of the blue. Why couldn't you save that for after WrestleMania and just have them do a pre show match or something like that, you know? They don't neither of them have titles or anything, mm-hmm. nor have they had a title in a little while. So what what was the point of shoving something in there just to have them on the stage to mm-hmm. wrestle? And I mean, their match was fine, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been affected negatively if it was on the pre-show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it would have boosted the guys that got shafted on the pre-show, like Asuka and whatever, because people are tuning in to see AJ Styles. And um, why <laughs> Why can't I remember his name? Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Thank the you. 13-time world champion, I, I, sir. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's not working. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's solutions there that don't have to be take every grudge match off. You know, like the Miz and Shane McMahon. Clearly, there was a big plan for that, and mm-hmm. it had been building for a long time, mm-hmm. and really warranted being on the main show. And it was, and it was awesome. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you know, something like the AJ Styles thing with Randy Orton just it just came out of nowhere at the last minute. It was fun, but mm-hmm. it could have been done after WrestleMania and been just as fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think they I think they I think again it's just it's it's trying to appeal to what the audience what you're trying to cast as wide a possible net to keep eyes on WrestleMania during the main show and not have people tuning out and someone like Randy Orton is, you know, that's as big a star as you have to a casual crowd because he's been around for so long, he's done everything there is to do, he's headlined so many WrestleManias before. You know, AJ Styles is also one of your most popular guys. So, again, I think it's just if we're picking between two of the biggest stars in the whole company mm-hmm. or a title match between two guys that 60% of the audience for WrestleMania in particular isn't going to know who they are. I feel like they're just trying to get those eye. They're trying to get the most interesting possible main card they can. Um, I was a little surprised that they didn't put the men's battle royal onto the main card for that reason, because usually they have a bias towards mainstream celebrities that are outside of wrestling because they like to get that crossover yeah. appeal going. So the fact that they put the men's battle royal onto the pre-show kind of indicates to me that they really just had too many freaking matches that yeah. they couldn't even Way put, too many. They couldn't even put what many. they would think would be appealing onto the main yeah. card. So that kind of took a little bit of the sting away for me of the insult. Um, and you know, as for the revival, I mean, I think we all know I'm the biggest revival mark that there is, and I think that they're the best tag team in the business, but, uh, they haven't even gotten a proper entrance on Monday night raw in their time as raw tag titles. So, or tag team champions. So if they can't even get a proper entrance on the weekly television show, it doesn't terribly shock me. They were relegated to the pre-show. That's fair. (laughs) WrestleMania. So yeah, we started the whole, uh, event with, uh, the 205 Live Cruiserweight title match between Buddy Murphy and the winner of the tournament, Tony Nese. Um, just to give you a reminder on the predictions here, should keep these handy. Uh, for that match, I had picked Murphy because even though I believe that Tony Nese was awesome and I'm 100% on board the Tony Nese chairing, uh, I didn't think they were going to give it to him because he is kind of a lesser known name, especially even among 205 Live. He's not necessarily the biggest guy up until this tournament made him a big guy. Mm. Um, you had chosen Nice. Um, Shane had chosen Murphy. And then Caleb had chosen Nice. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I do remember 
uh, Caleb saying explicitly because he's from the area. Yeah, so, yeah, he's from Long Island. He's from my Long Island. Yeah, so. I mean that's how you know Buddy Murphy won the title originally at uh, Super Showdown in his hometown of Melbourne, Australia. So you know that is a common boost. Um, I think that for me it was really just a process of elimination kind of thing. I just felt there were no more challengers. Yeah, for Buddy Murphy, uh, he's already wrestled Cedric Alexander a hundred million times. He's already beaten Tazawa. Um, I mean, I guess there's Kalisto. There's really, and even Kalisto, I think, was involved in the Fatal Four Way match before the Royal yeah. Rumble. So um, there just weren't any Orkin, challengers. Left. Maybe somebody uh, had to take it off of them, and yeah. there weren't really. Any, they were running out of baby faces. Yeah, there for weren't sure. any baby faces yeah. left. Um, so it's it felt like the right time, and then combined with being his hometown, it seemed like it seemed like it would be the right time for for them to take that belt off Murphy. Yeah, uh, and this is of course the time of year where people are getting called up to or moved to the main roster. So mm. Buddy Murphy certainly a prime candidate for that. And we'll see what happens there. I we wonder. Don't, we don't know. No, we totally haven't watched all. the following week's shows. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it felt like the right time. And as far as the match went, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a great match. It was rushed, like you were saying. Yeah. And there was a big problem. I put it in my notes. They were advertising the main event at WrestleMania during the yes. match. Yeah, what, what? They were cutting what, away from the this? actual match to advertise so the show bizarre. we were already watching. Yeah. We're already there. We already paid for it and are watching it. Why yeah. are you advertising the fucking show yeah. <laughs> during the show? Yeah, we're watching. It was so uh. that was so bizarre. But yeah, because it felt rushed, it just seemed like a few things were off. Some of the timing was off. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys have worked together enough that they've got good chemistry and, you know, even the worst 205 match between some of their best talents is going to be good and it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Buddy Murphy uh, got it definitely busted open a little bit early. Yeah, he's did. bleeding quite a bit. Um, but uh, definitely left something a little to be desired. It didn't have the. I, I didn't feel as satisfied with it as I expected if they were given that, if I knew they were given that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, maybe there will be a rematch. Who knows? Who knows? I have no idea. Same week. Maybe maybe. there will be a rematch, (laughs) and maybe they can take a little more time to Mm. uh, really bring it full circle. That would be very fun. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, pretty solid match. I I really enjoyed it. I just got pissed off with the whole framing of it with the advertisements in the middle just completely disrespectful <laughs> you know like we're already watching this show this isn't like the smackdown or the 205 live leading up to it this is the event mm-hmm. and we're just wasting time advertising the show we're already watching so you can't see what's going on so that was annoying um but i did enjoy the match i did think it was ballsy just like you know with the 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 end of the tournament where they had him win over cedric alexander who was clearly the favorite and they gave Tony Nese the title, which is awesome because he's an awesome wrestler, uh, specifically in ring. He's got a little bit of the kind of like issue that a lot of wrestlers have where he's got kind of the bitch voice. <laughs> he's not very intimidating sounding. So when mm. he reads lines, it just doesn't sound right or convincing or cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not a fan of him as a babyface, to be honest. Um, I just... I, he seems kind of wooden in his promos, and they're just giving him really generic white meat baby yeah. white meat baby face material that he can't pull off. I, I think yeah. I think we're in an age of wrestling now where very few people can pull off a white meat baby face character at yeah. all. Uh, I think Ali can do it. 
I think uh, Becky Lynch did it well before she became the man. So even the one that could do it, they took it away from her. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Daniel Bryan did pretty well, but I think the the list is really short of people that can pull it off. And, and quite I don't frankly, think he's one of them. I enjoy Daniel Bryan way more I as do. a villain. I and do I too. and I did like I him as too. a hero. Yeah. So. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was good as that, but he just shows a lot more depth of character as the heel. And I think that that's true of a lot of people. How do you feel about AJ Styles? Do you like him more as a babyface? I would like to see him be heel. Um, yeah. I think he's I think he's just another guy where I love the guy for what he's done and what he's accomplished and how good he is. Um, but I've never heard an AJ Styles promo as a babyface that really interested me. Maybe some of the ones with Samoa Joe, but even those were, you know, it got so personal. More that because Samoa he had Joe be was being completely savage. Yeah, he was being so aggressive. He had Daddy's to be so home. aggressive because of how personal that feud was. So even then, yeah. it wasn't like he was doing his normal white meat babyface routine. Yeah. So 90% of the time, if I hear an AJ Styles promo, it's just... I'm going to do my best house that AJ Styles built. Phenomenal. And then it's just like, okay, I've heard that <laughs> 1,000 times. Uh, it does not interest me. So yeah. there's really, like I said, there's a very small number of people I think can really pull off the the generic white meat baby face. And I, I don't think he's is one of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's what we He's got. an awesome wrestler, though. Awesome wrestler. Awesome in ring. Awesome. And he's got that the look. That describes a lot of people. He's got the perfect body yeah. for the premier athlete. He counted his eight, yep. his eight pack. As he came to the ring, of yep. course. As you so, would expect. Everyone knows. <laughs> it's going to be sad when he puts the title belt over it, <laughs> just like Finn. Um, so next up, we had the Women's Battle Royale. Um, again, this trophy looks exactly like the female anatomy <laughs> out of your textbooks. And it's really... I sure hope that's subconscious. It's really ugly. I hope that wasn't intentional. <laughs> um, but uh, as for our predictions, everybody picked Asuka except for Caleb, who went out on a on a limb and chose Lacey Evans. That worked uh, out great for him. Gross. <laughs> she wasn't even in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically we had the, the big woman's battle Royale. Uh, we had Oscar doing a lot of really cool moves, specifically mm. the hip attack. I think there was kind of a bit of an apology hidden in there where they were trying to give Oscar as much time as possible. Like, all right, we realized we kind of fucked up the Charlotte thing at the last minute and giving her the title for no reason. Yeah, and I think part of it was just that they wanted to make sure that the viewers knew that Oscar was still the most dominant person that was in this match. Yeah. That that she was not, which is she was thing. not on the same tier as most of the people that were in this yeah, match. Thank and God. And in order to demonstrate <laughs> that she's not on that tier, she had to dominate, and she was dominating the vast majority of the match. Yep. We did have, uh, even though Lacey Evans was on the promo card as going into the yeah. match, she was not in it. But the one time she doesn't show up, we had some people that were not announced in the match. We had yeah. Ember Moon's return from injury. Yes, that was she was surprising. in there, which was awesome. I thought she was going to be out a while. That was great. Yeah, and she was awesome. She yeah. was pulling off Fantastic. great moves. Yeah, as um, usual. We had Kyrie Sane show up. Kyrie, she, she wasn't expected. So excited. Um, yeah, you know, I totally marked out when we yeah, when, sure I, when I spotted sure her. Did. I just about lost, he lost my his mind. mind yeah. <laughs> um, we did have. Um, <laughs> quite a bit of wrecking house for the riot squad which i think yeah, again is kind of them. kind of apologizing to them yeah. like hey we've been making you eat all the pins right. for this whole becky story that's kind of sucked for about two months yeah and uh we're sorry yeah <laughs> we're sorry, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah they got to do things the yeah, riot squad they were killing they it. were eliminating people and not offense. just ruby it was everybody yeah, sarah, sarah logan specifically yeah got sarah logan really big push yeah surprisingly she was the second to last elimination yep. at the end and honestly everybody thought she had won yes 
until that slippery, uh, slippery Carmelis. The old... Snuck back from under the ring. The and, good old-fashioned didn't-go-over-the-top-rope trope. <laughs> sneak in at the end and win. Which is appropriate for Carmella. Uh, and yeah. quite honestly, I was like, Sarah Logan, really? Yeah. They're going to push her that hard right yeah, now? Yeah, that was. And, nope. No. No. <laughs> nope. Um, but Sonya Deville also got a really nice push. Mm. Uh, Sonya Deville and Asuka and uh, Sarah Logan were the last ones in the ring, mm-hmm. and they were all... Sarah Logan and um, uh, Sonya Deville were kind of teaming up to try to take out Asuka because Naturally. clearly Asuka yes, was the, the, the primary threat. contender here. And they succeeded, and then Logan knocked Sonya Deville out. And I was kind of surprised because I was like, oh, finally, Sonya Deville is going to get that push that I want because mm-hmm. I, I don't like her with Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. I think Mandy Rose actually detracts from how good she can be mm-hmm. and how cool her gimmicks are. Um but uh, unfortunately, Sarah Logan knocked her out, and then we had Carmella sneak in and mm-hmm. do the whole switcheroo. Oh yeah, uh, and take the championship. Yeah, which is fine with me. But uh, she's still just our true sidekick, so it kind of sucks. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I'm hoping it sets up for something. Um, you know, the biggest satisfaction for me in this match was getting to see an insane elbow, and uh, the biggest disappointment <laughs> was when all three Riot Squad members had to team up to take out the Pirate Princess, which was an outrage. Um, but I was happy with Carmella winning. Um, I think uh, I was definitely more happy with that than Sarah Logan. Yeah. Just being honest. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I don't. Sarah Logan's nothing not against her, be, but she's just not as good. As she's she's some of the top tier women. She's in there. she's not going to be a star of the division anytime soon. So, um, I, I happen to think very highly of Carmella. I, I think she's not the best in ring performer around, but I think she's one of the best performers in the company as far as being a personality, Absolutely. a character. Yeah. She's somebody who you give her anything, and she and she just immerses herself in it, and yeah. she doesn't care how she looks, and she doesn't care if she looks. She'll make herself be yeah. completely ridiculous. I wish she'd stop. Uh, yeah, it's that's really, true. it's that's really the one thing I don't like. Yeah. Um, but I think she's just one of those people that just is fully into the performance side of things and being a character and being a loud mouth when she has to be. And I think whatever they give her, she just gives 110% and she works yep. as hard as anybody works. So yeah, definitely. I really, really like Carmella and uh, I was happy to see her win. I hope it's a setup for something. It seems like a lot of the times the winner of the Battle Royal, nothing comes of it and there's no actual reward, which is what annoys me about the Battle Royals. Yeah. Um, you know, last year Naomi won it and then she wasn't on TV for a month. So I don't know that it'll mean anything, but it would be nice if it meant something because I do like Carmella as a, as a personality and yeah. a character. And she's got cred because she's a former title holder. Right. So she beat Charlotte Flair and Asuka last year. Okay. Which we were kind of like, uh, what those were fuck? outrageous, but she but has them on her resume now. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, can't hate on the woman. Uh, next up, we had... A surprisingly awesome match for a pre-show uh, with the Revival versus Ryder and Hawkins. And again, this is why I was so frustrated by them not putting the title match mm-hmm. on the main show because the match was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like the Cruiserweight match, which was really, really good. The like, Revival is so freaking money, dude. Yeah. And shout out to Ryder <laughs> and Hawkins. So money. Ryder and Hawkins, they gave it their all in this match as well. Like mm-hmm. There was not a weak link in this match. Mm-hmm. Everybody was fucking awesome. Including uh, the crowd, which was super hot for Hawkins throughout, yeah. and really added something yeah, to it for what you would expect to be more of a casual audience. Yeah. They were a hundred percent into really it. Into it. Um, it was just, <laughs> it was just so entertaining. They had the character work going. Mm-hmm. They were yelling at the crowd and mm-hmm. different stuff, just as you would expect. Mm-hmm. You know, they were mocking each other in the ring and just doing awesome moves. Very just smooth and fluid. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just awesome. Yeah. Um, 
I did like how uh I can't remember which guy was doing it, uh, but one of the revival members <laughs> shouted at uh Ryder, Lose like you do. Yeah, Dash Wilder. <laughs> yes, I remember Dash Wilder said that. Uh, so much trolling was going on. It was so entertaining. The revival are just they're the best in the business. I just I don't care what anybody says. They're the best yeah. tag team in the business. Their their tandem their their chemistry together. Their individual capabilities as far as doing things in the ring, their character work, their in-ring psychology yeah. is just so next level. Yeah. It's just, you can't it's, even put it on a 100-point so schedule. They're a 110 out of 100 in that, ring psychology. That's one of the big reasons I love the Glorious versus Revival kind of matchup, because they're both perfect at that. Yeah. They're perfect at the in-ring kind of mm-hmm. mockery and whatnot. Yeah, and they're both they very go, fluid, very... They can go know. at each other there. And I just, I, I've said it before, I've never seen a Revival match go more than five minutes that I didn't like. And this went, I think, close to 15 yeah they got a lot of time they got a lot of time and it was just fantastic fantastic stuff they got very appropriate this is awesome chance in there yes of course hawkins got a ton of just crowd crowd was really they were really they really wanted to see that streak end and luckily for him they managed to pull it off he pulled off a tricky uh, dick at the end and got the uh the pin for the title as a revival mark i'm always disappointed uh well, I, I could probably just end the sentence there. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I think that this was probably the right call. It's WrestleMania. The guys lost 300, 200 straight matches. Uh, you know, the crowd was into it. The crowd wanted it. It seemed like a good way to, to get them happy and excited yeah. and get their adrenaline pumping. Yeah. So good decision to do it. This match was fantastic, incredible. One of probably the top three or four matches of the night, Yeah, um, I thought. And uh, I, I just, I love the revival. And I hope that the fact that the belts are off them now doesn't mean we're not going to see them anymore because that's my major concern. Yeah. But I think that this match pretty Who much is Who knows what the tag team division will be like on Raw after yeah. the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, who knows? We sure don't. No, we don't. I have no idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, awesome match. Really enjoyed it. Really nice addition to the pre-show. Really wish it was on the main show, but, mm-hmm. yeah. What can we do? What can we do? Uh, and then, finally, to uh, end the pre-show, we had the Men's Battle Royale, uh, where, of course, the SNL hosts uh, were there, as we've been building up to, which is really lame, and I really don't need it, and really didn't want it. But, it, to be fair, it was more entertaining than it could have been. Um, it it could have been awful, <laughs> to be honest, and it was mm. it was tolerable. Like I I can't remember which one's Jost and which one's Che, but I really liked how um one of them came out with like actual wrestling <laughs> yes, like Jay. ear protection. <laughs> um, he had the headgear going. I thought that was hilarious. And uh, Jost also wore an Odell Beckham Browns jersey to troll <laughs> the New York crowd, <laughs> which was pretty funny too. Pretty yeah. nice touch. And, and then they also had didn't they have pictures the, of the Braun with the the cross out thing <laughs> yeah, on, on their it. pants. So yeah. there was some good trolling going on for yeah, those two. That I'll was pretty enjoyable. Them. And then of course they hid as you know of you course. do, yes. so you can build you up to the big ending. Yeah. Um, and of course Braun just wrecked house with all of the no Shocker. names of the men's division. So Shocker. that's what you Amazing. would expect. <laughs> And then uh, they make it look like they're gonna, you know, be sneaky and get the win on the big guy, and the SNL guys are gonna win the men's battle royale. And uh, thankfully, they did what they should have done and made Braun impossible to throw over the ropes, and so he killed them. He murdered them. Uh, at the time I was watching, I was kind of wishing someone would murder me. Um... I want to spend as little time on this as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Then we get the opening of the show and a surprising face shows up. 
to help host the show. Now, before we get too far into this, Alexa Bliss didn't really do hardly anything. She really didn't. This The host did not do uh, anything. That was quite an easy job. She came out like three times like three in times. the entire show. I think she only came out twice. And, and then she had one backstage segment. And yeah. That and, was it. And one of the segments, it was just stonewalled by Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan yeah. and coming out and taking the spotlight. So she just was there to introduce Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan didn't do anything other than say hello and flex a bit. And, uh, and call the MetLife Stadium the MetLife Center. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it. That was, was it. I was like, all right. Yeah. Cool, uh, I guess. Not happy to have not seen more of Alexa Bliss, but the show is so long, I guess uh, I can't complain about not having more of something that's mainly unnecessary. Yeah. Um, cool to see the Hulkster, though. I'm a big Hulk Hogan. I was a Hulk Hogan fan growing up. I've got the only DVD I own besides the original Star Wars is the Hulk Hogan Ultimate <laughs> Anthology. So a bit of a Hulkamaniac. So it was good to see the guy. Uh, but boy, and those I, pythons are looking rough. Yeah. If you guys watched our WrestleMania prediction show, um, I talked about how during the NXT TakeOver thing, Velveteen Dream was doing a whole homage to... Hulk Hogan yes. during his sequences yes. where he was copying verbatim up, yeah. the, the whole Hulk sequence. With the Hulk up and, and the whole moveset. Like when I was talking about it, I told Caleb, you know, I, I found it kind of weird because, you know, Hulk Hogan's had all this controversy for shouting the N word at people and being, you know, generally kind of a racist old man. Well, and uh, yeah, not kind of. He said the words, I am a racist. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Caleb replied, I think it was more in jest because he's done that in the past. Yeah. And I was like, are you, it seems weird. And I wish I would have made it my bold prediction that Hulk Hogan was going to come to the show. Yeah. Because that's exactly the thought process that was in my mind. I was like, maybe it's because he actually saw him. (laughs) Well, he was at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. And, you know, knew he was going to be on something Mm. soon. Mm -hmm. And that I kind of wonder, you know, just, just a, thought in the back of my head i wonder if velveteen dream did that on purpose not mm. to kind of jest at the guy but because to do something respectful for the guy yeah saying calling him out because he knew he was going to be on wrestlemania and right get people get maybe bring him into people's thoughts prior to wrestlemania is kind of like a strategic move i don't just just a thought I don't just know. knowing what a fan of that era velveteen is yeah. you know it seemed like and he's such was... he's such a huge fan and such an mm-hmm. awesome wrestler so i i don't put it past him you mm-hmm. know maybe it wasn't as much in just as we think man. yeah i kind of yeah, wonder if it I was wonder. more of a you know respectful thing yeah. like hey he's a legend and right. i know he's coming so i'm gonna get you hyped up for it yeah. before you know it and it was and, you know it was paying homage to the character yeah. not you know necessarily the guy yeah terry Belia, who yeah. i think no one who, is uh, a fan yeah. of <laughs> and it's you know people can redeem themselves all right yeah yeah. I, that's i believe for most things people can redeem themselves and learn if they and, try and, to if make they an try effort, yeah. which he's not unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows sadly <laughs> but uh you know we'll leave that on the table there but hulkamania was running wild he probably. was running wild <laughs> and then we get uh, a very kind of head-scratching interruption from paul Heyman uh as he angrily Runs out to the stage. An immediate shocker to open the show. Yeah, saying Lesnar will not wait any longer. He's got to get on a plane to Las Vegas <laughs> and do something that we assume has something to do with UFC. We assume. <laughs> Even though he's retired, but you know, uh, that's kind of what we're insinuating retired. with him coming out. Um, And Paul Heyman says, we're going right now. We're not waiting any longer and blah, blah, blah. 
And this, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on this were, but I was like wondering what, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Not that any of this made sense to begin with, with the whole Brock Lesnar, you know, Seth Rollins thing. It it came out of nowhere, and quite frankly, it wasn't built up very well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least on Seth Rollins' side. Um, I was I understand from the perspective of the entire show after after the fact after we saw what happened and everything it was kind of just to put space I think between yeah. the main events right um, the emotional high points you be- want to have space between those because spoiler alert the baby faces all won mm-hmm. the um, big three and I think the one that you guys I think I was the only one that predicted uh, yes, Seth Rollins you were the only one you lone wolfed it on Rollins yeah yep. So I, and of course, it's at the end of the card because I expected it to be yes, towards the end of the that's show. Where it was supposed to be, uh, but yeah, I was the lone wolf on Rollins, and everybody else just expected Lesnar to mm-hmm. destroy everybody again mm-hmm. and be the one guy that you know was the villain that won for WrestleMania, and then the other big two would clearly win, um, which wasn't a bad prediction. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I probably would have leaned that way if I had any sense, but uh, I defended the Planet's Champion. <laughs> You know, this guy's humble bragging right now, but if it wasn't for a nutshot, okay, a baby face, when do you ever see a baby face nutshot? And if it wasn't for that, uh, yeah. So basically, this match, Brock Lesnar just destroys Seth Rollins for maybe five to before ten minutes. The match, before the match starts. Before the yeah. match starts, yeah. yeah. And Bell then the match run. starts, and he continues to destroy Seth mm-hmm. Rollins, who has already been destroyed, for another five to ten minutes. And um, we get some pretty brutal stuff. I got to be honest, from Brock Lesnar and what you know, typically, Brock, <laughs> which is what you expect. But we get tables getting smashed, blood, mm-hmm. you know, on both the guys. Just a lot of crazy, just death wish for Seth yeah, Rollins. Basically. Very violent. Um, and then Seth Rollins kind of reverses his fortune by doing a sneaky nut shot mm-hmm. to Brock Lesnar in the middle of the ring, mm-hmm. stomps him three times, mm-hmm. and wins the belt after getting destroyed the entire match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't even a little mm-hmm. bit on his side at any point. Yeah. It was Brock Lesnar destroying him the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he, the nut shot. he did a nut shot and then stomped him three times and then pinned him for the belt. And that was the end of Brock Lesnar's reign. Now... It couldn't have come soon enough, to be honest, because let's face it, he wasn't on the fucking shows. (laughs) And it's the worst part about the Universal Championship is that Brock Lesnar was keeping it hostage. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And who knows, maybe Roman would have gotten it if not for the injury and whatnot. But, and, you know, obviously cancer and all that stuff. But even then, like, he had the belt way too long. Mm -hmm. And for a guy who doesn't show up, if you show up, okay, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm on board. You're a good wrestler. You're, you look intimidating. You look the part. Um, but if you're not showing up on the, you know, the shows every week or at least every other week, what, what's the fucking point, you know? Um, so I was very happy to see Seth Rollins win, even though I don't think he's necessarily the greatest baby face to <laughs> potentially go for the belt. And mm. I think it's just a symptom of raw, not having enough baby face talent, to be right. honest. Right. Um, but it was, I don't know. I, I thought it was fun to watch you know, for the entertainment factor of just Brock Lesnar destroying Seth Rollins. But then the ending, I was just like, what? And mm. I didn't I didn't understand the whole thought process between Paul Heyman just coming out and saying, we're doing this now because fuck it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just thought it was dumb. 
Uh, how'd you feel about it? Uh, you know, the more I thought about it being the opening match and the way Heyman went about it, the more I actually liked it. Um, you know, the opening match is supposed to be one that gets the crowd excited. Uh, it's supposed to be, you're not supposed to start with the worst match on your card. You're supposed to start with one of the stronger matches on your card to get the crowd going and get the blood flowing, um, a little bit. So this was, this accomplished that. Um, I actually thought Heyman coming out and saying, we're doing this right now, we're getting on a plane and we're leaving, really fit with Brock Lesnar's whole character and his, and his personality and what he is what, the, what he's built up to be, which is a guy that doesn't give a shit about wrestling, doesn't give a shit about you or your show or your entertainment. Yeah. He's just here to make his money. He's going to beat somebody up and then he's going to leave. And it felt like, you know, Heyman coming out and saying, Brock doesn't feel like sitting in the locker room back there for your stupid wrestling show. He's just going <laughs> to win his match and take off. I felt like that suited his character. And, yeah. You know, it, it suited the sort of the aloofness of Brock Lesnar and how little he really respects all of this mm-hmm. or is, you know, pushed to the, the, the perception is created that he doesn't respect yeah. all of this. And character. Um, so I thought I thought it made sense for that reason, too. So I actually liked the fact that it was the opening match and the way they per- rolled it out. Um, I just thought this whole thing was bizarre as far as how they did it. Um, it was definitely weird. At the time I was watching, I was just confused more than anything for the whole thing, including after Seth won. So I wasn't yeah. like overjoyed at Seth winning, which I normally would be. I was just yeah. still confused and in shock about what was going on. Just the beatdown before the match, the fact that you had a baby face doing a nut shot, um, it was just all very confusing. And yeah. I was also really expecting... And the really quick ending, I just, yeah. out of nowhere. Just... I was also really expecting a high-quality in-ring product from these two, because usually when Brock gets with a smaller athletic guy, they have really good matches, whether it's Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles yeah. or Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really get that because we didn't get much of a match at all. Yeah. Uh, so it was a bummer for that reason. But I think the more I thought about it, I kind of understood why they did what they did because one of my complaints going into WrestleMania was I didn't feel Seth had been built up as credible enough to be the guy that beats Brock Lesnar, which is a hundred percent true. If Roman Reigns couldn't beat Brock Lesnar and it took him five times, you know, Mm -hmm. to finally beat Lesnar. And even when he did beat Lesnar, he had to get help from Braun Strowman and use a weapon to do it. You know, if Roman Reigns had to go through all of that and couldn't beat Brock Lesnar fair and square, then I couldn't really see how Seth Rollins had been portrayed to be the guy that could beat yeah. Brock Lesnar. So it didn't make sense to me. So kind of having the baby face nut shot was kind of the equalizer that allowed that to be plausible. And as far as, well, you can't have baby face baby faces doing dirty tricks like that. Maybe that was the function of the beatdown before the match, because then it was already wasn't an even playing field Gave because the bad sympathy. guy did something yeah. evil. So the bad guy already cheated to make it an uneven playing field. So this was evening the odds in a way. Yeah. So it makes the baby face look less bad and yeah. less like he's violating his virtues by yeah, you make resorting good, to that. You make a really good point. So I think if you put all of that together, this all kind of made sense. At mm-hmm. the time I was watching, I was angry and thought it was ridiculous because I was expecting a really good high quality 15, 20 minute match. Yeah. And I didn't get that. But if you just think about it from all of those angles and put it all together, it kind of made sense what they did. Yeah. And I was also very happy to see Rollins get the title. For me, I just thought it all of that's completely true, and I totally agree with you across the board on all of that. Um, I just think it made Rollins look really bad, not because he did the nut shot. Like, that I could care less about. But because he just got his ass beat the entire time. And he suddenly was healthy enough after getting destroyed for 10 minutes to stomp the guy three times and then pin him. And Brock was just like, okay, I've been stomped three times. I guess I'll get pinned. I just just think it made Brock kind of look bad. It made Seth look bad because by the end of the show, you completely forgot about him Mm -hmm. because he was at the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. for the Universal 
championship belt, which is supposed to be the biggest belt in the WWE right now. They would like you to think so. Um, and <laughs> clearly, it wasn't the case for this WrestleMania. Um, it just it just made everybody involved look kind of weak and kind of pathetic, and you kind of an afterthought. And when we literally call <laughs> Raw Monday Night Rollins, you know, just because he's held that show up for so long especially mm-hmm. in roman's absence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it just seems like they should have done a better job with this mm-hmm. and yeah again i did predict it but more because it was due mm-hmm. it was way overdue not because yeah. i believed in seth rollins yeah. or anything like that the only point i would disagree with you on is i don't think it made brock look weak because the stomp is probably the most protected finisher that there is on the main roster i mean i don't think anybody's kicked out of the stomp in recent years um so 98% of the roster would be done with one stomp with nothing else. Mm. So hitting him with the nut shot and then giving him three was like, it really was driving the stake into him. Like only the beast would need three stomps in order to stay <laughs> down kind of thing because okay. anybody else, one stomp, it's pretty much done. Sure. 98% of the time. Yeah. Unless you're facing the strongest possible <clears throat> guy that isn't Lesnar, then maybe he can kick out a one. He yeah. won't get out of two. The beast won't get out of three. So that, that yeah. would be the only place i disagree but i definitely don't think that seth ended up looking the best when he resorted to a nut shot to win the title yeah and we've been waiting all this t- and now he's walking around with his beast slayer shirts like are you sure you're not just the beast <laughs> nut punch like, <laughs> yeah seth yeah. didn't come out looking great but i think i think i think I, un- I understand the logic of why they went about it the way they did yeah uh next up we had our big tag team match uh for the smackdown tag team title uh, we had the Usos versus Nakarusev, uh, uh, Blackishay, and the Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fucking awesome number of sequences in this match. This is incredible. Everybody brought their A game, mm-hmm. as expected from these people. But it just everybody was awesome. Yeah, this was incredible. Everybody. This was. Inc- I think. I think if I were to just isolate in ring product, this was the match of the night. If we're just looking at what happened in the ring and taking away story and emotion and all that, just yeah. in ring, this was the match of the night. I think. I'm looking through my notes to see if I disagree. I don't. No, I disagree on one. Oh, okay. One. We'll talk about that. one of the main events. I yeah. disagree. But it was fucking awesome. It was. It was phenomenal. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just have in my notes several times. Match is amazing. Match is amazing. Um, <laughs> I really appreciated how well they've been making the bar look recently because the bar was just getting shit on and eating every pin for mm-hmm. so long. And then during the whole Kofi gauntlet thing and then the, the new day gauntlet thing, they really made the bar look good, even mm-hmm. though they were the opening guys to fight. Right. And uh, this was another match that made the bar look really good. And I, I think that's awesome because I like Sheamus and Cesaro is one of my favorite guys in the WWE right now. I fucking love Cesaro. Um, I had to warm up to him because, like, when at first glance, as the filthy casual I am, <laughs> I was just like, okay, we got this balding guy who's pretty strong, and that's about it. Okay. Yeah. But no, at, watching his matches, every time I see a match with him, I, I fall in love with him even more yeah. as a wrestler. I want to talk about a super athlete. He's a super yeah. athlete. And again, he was doing his whole <laughs> swinging everybody yeah. around and just being the fucking awesome cyborg he is. <laughs> Uppercutting everybody left yep. and right. 
Uh, and the bar was just wrecking house for mm. about half the match, just yeah. wrecking everybody. And surprisingly, the Usos really didn't do a whole lot until yeah. towards the end. Yeah, it's true. They, they were kind of really, out of the picture for were. most of the match. They were not the ones that were carrying this match. Really, the, the face side of things was really Blackishay was getting the bulk of the work, which was surprising yeah. considering they just put on a banger of an amazing yeah. match against the War Raiders on uh, Friday night yeah. before WrestleMania. Two nights ago. So yeah. Two extended workloads for the two of those yeah. guys in three nights. And uh, they they showed up. I mean, this was both of their first WrestleMania, and they're on the main card, so I'm sure they had to be completely stoked. Yeah, they're the only guys in the match that it was their first WrestleMania match. So uh, obviously, they were they must have been super excited, and they really showed it in the ring because they they really carried in, yeah. in a way that I thought was impressive, considering the yeah, absolutely. Like clearly, Blackishay and the use or um, the bar really were the main contenders mm-hmm. for most of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a point where Cesaro was spinning Ricochet for at least a minute. Yeah. Like, he just did not stop. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, God damn, is this man strong. Always saves his biggest spin for WrestleMania. Yeah. And it was just... It was Got am- himself real dizzy at the end of that. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> but, man, it was awesome. I just enjoyed it. There was a part where everybody was doing their kick move. Yes, everybody. That's right. We had a black mask. We had a bro kick. Yeah. You had the super kicks from the Usos. Yep. You had a Kinshasa. Kinshasa from <laughs> Nakamura. Everybody hit their, you just... had a Machka kick from Rusev. Yep. So just yep. everybody hit their signature kicks. That, that, that uh, was a great Usos, sequence. yeah. It was fucking awesome. I was just so thoroughly just such a cool. It's something I would expect from NXT, <laughs> not yes. from yeah. the main roster guys. Yeah. And they were delivering 100% right. across the board. Yeah, that's a good it was point. Awesome. It felt like a takeover match. Um, and really, that style of just high-paced, frenetic energy, hard striking, high spots, just eye-popping kind of yeah. nonstop action. It was just, it was so entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and they got the two-man splash at the end from the Usos mm-hmm. for the win. But again, the Usos kind of got their ass kicked the entire match. So mm-hmm. it kind of felt like it was out of nowhere that they just got the pin at the end and retained. Yeah. But I did appreciate Good it. strategy. Because it made these guys, you know, Black Shea was kind of a patchwork tag team to replace uh, DIY you know, after the injury for Ciampa. So they weren't really meshing very well. Um, uh, Naka Rusev has been a terrible <laughs> tag team for so long in concept, and even though they're both great wrestlers and they've been eating pins left and right for yeah. the sake of everybody else on the roster. That whole team is pretty much just uh we don't have anything for you but a lot of people seem to like you so i guess we'll just slap you together to be a job exactly what they've been doing yeah and then the bar again has been eating pins and just eating shit for the build-up of everybody else for so long they have for a while now and it was just awesome to see all three of those tag teams get a lot of showtime and really look awesome and the you know the usos are awesome obviously so i don't want to take anything away from them but it was nice to see that they got you know, kind of the respect they deserved in the match planning and everything and execution, even though the Usos were planned to retain um, more or less so they could have their match with the Hardy Boys in the future. Um, yeah, and Black and Ricochet are still establishing themselves in the main roster, too, so yeah. they're still trying to make a name and I really, stand out. I really want to see them as singles, though. A wider audience, yeah, so I, just, I think it made sense to yeah. feature them hev- heavily so that a lot of the the eyes that were on WrestleMania that maybe haven't seen them before can get familiar with them and what they're capable of doing, yeah. so I think it was good to feature them for that reason, too. So definitely thumbs up across the board. That Fantastic. match is fucking awesome. Fantastic. You know, it's, it, for me, it's my fav- second favorite match of the night for you. I think your favorite. Uh... If I'm like I said, if I'm just isolating the in-ring quality, I would say it was the best match yeah. of the night. But I 
don't think I can really do that for analysis, so I'll just say it was one of my favorite matches. <laughs> of it was probably if I'm if I'm taking everything into account, then I would put it at probably third or fourth. Um, but it was the match that most exceeded my expectations. I can say that for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we had some of the Hall of Fame appearances in the middle of the show, and Degeneration X's entrance was fucking tits. <laughs> it was awesome. They clearly yeah. got most of the show light. I felt bad for the other, you know, entrance <laughs> for yeah. the WWE Hall of Fame because the Degeneration X just stole all the thunder. Yes, they did. All the thunder. Cameras did not come off of them once they once they no. came out there. And they were awesome. I think <laughs> I think Pac was like <laughs> struggling to get on camera because he was like way off on the side. It was like <laughs> Yeah, he was so into was it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he forgot to get to his spot. He was yeah. so into it. Uh you're uh, fired. <laughs> I don't know. It's getting harder for me to watch guys in their 50s crotch chopping, I gotta say. I, lo- I, I love enjoy DX. It. I love it. I don't care. Billy Gunn still looks great, but the as other guys As long as they're not are... wrestling, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just just awesome. And we had a lot of Shawn Michaels in, uh, throughout the, the show. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, <laughs> guest starring as an announcer during the yeah. the Triple H and Batista match later. He, Which I thought he, he did he, he made an appearance on the pre-show at one mm-hmm. point where mm-hmm. they said hi, basically. and then Yeah, I talked uh, about Pat Hall McAfee of Fame and his uh, bicycle shorts of... Uh, Shawn Michaels had a tie just wrapped around his neck <laughs> when he was wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> Cowboy hat. I guess, you know, yeah. when you're Shawn Michaels, you can kind of do what you want, though. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You've earned it, sir. Yes. You've earned it. Um, so after we got the nice touching uh, introduction for the Hall of Fame, you know, um, we had the final conclusion to the grudge between uh, Shane McMack. Shane McMack. <laughs> Shane McMahon Close. and The Miz. Um. Even though these guys aren't my favorite wrestlers in the world, I do love them both. And as far as storylines go, I think this is one of the better ones at WrestleMania as far as the buildup and then the establishment at WrestleMania of what happened throughout the match. Mm. And clearly this match was about Miz taking out his anger and getting back at Shane for what he did at uh, Fastlane and how he turned on him and what he had done in, in the meantime. And, you know, leading up to this point, he had been trying to get to him, but Shane kept basically running away or hiding behind a bunch of security. And then by the time Miz got through the security, Shane would be in a car running away or something like that, which is what you would expect from this type of storyline. Kind of protect the mystique. But what's nice about it is both of these guys have been selling it so well, specifically Miz. Like, Mm -hmm. Miz is surprisingly awesome. You know, not to call out his <laughs> slogan there, but he's surprisingly really good and really convincing. <laughs> yeah. And the way he's portraying his anger and how yeah. he's been just furiously charging after Shane this entire time. Don't expect any less from the star of the Marine Six <laughs> out now on Blu-ray. <laughs> but uh, this match was surprisingly awesome, uh, especially with the ending. Like, mm. it was just like, holy, it was a holy shit moment for sure. And mm. they got holy shit chance. Yes. <laughs> uh, as they should have. But this match went all over the arena there and just i don't know i really really enjoyed it boy you're talking about the ending uh the highlight of this match was one mr miz okay the the courage of that man potato face into that ring and stare down shane mcmahon and raise those fists (laughs) ready the greatest old man fighting stance ever (laughs) oh it was so good that was a stunning act of courage and heroism by mr miz who has been uh, been notoriously horrible to his son (laughs) and of course shane responded by brutally assaulting him which then <laughs> led to Miz uh basically beating Shane all over MetLife Stadium yeah. which eventually led yeah. to the he, he uh, basically superplex. murdered the man yes. the entire time now 
Shane normally gets murdered in his matches, but mostly because he murders himself exactly. by jumping this off stuff. This was unusual. This was this a nice time, swerve. He was getting was murdered by someone him. else. Yeah, <laughs> and it was brutal. And there was yeah. very appropriate holy shit chance pretty much yeah. the entire time as they were going through the audience after <laughs> Shane viciously attacked Mr. Mr. Miz. Yeah. Um, and again, death to all tables. That's what I wrote yeah. my notes because they just kept smashing yes. everything. Everything was getting smashed. Yeah. Um. And then the very end, they climb the tower. You know, Miz is chasing Shane as Shane's trying to run away by climbing up the tower and get away. And then they just do the awesome, just amazing yeah. <laughs> drop off the top of that, that tower. Superplex spot that must have been 15 feet. And I am feet. like, yeah, clearly Miz ate most of it because yeah. he was on the bottom. You know, for the storyline, Shane pins him with his arm because yeah. he's unconscious on top of yeah <laughs> of it was Miz just afterwards. Kind of an incident um, of the landing, he happened to land on top. Yeah, which I think is brilliant mm-hmm. as yeah. far as the storyline goes. Right. That's a brilliant way to end it. Yeah. Um, but Miz got what he wanted. I would say it's a brilliant way to continue it. Yeah, because it was such a fluke that now Miz has reason to keep coming after Shane yeah. until he gets his retribution properly. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a great way to have an awesome spot, which you knew there had to be in a Shane match that is no holds barred, yeah. while also opening that door for future confrontation between these two. Yeah. Because clearly absolutely. their business is not settled. And it it was I was extremely entertained. Yeah, I couldn't have asked. I was too. I really couldn't have asked for more from this match and from this storyline. Yeah. That it blew my mind. It was beyond what I expected would happen. Mm. I expected Shane would jump off some stuff and Miz would get some good moves in and there would be an appearance from his dad or something, whether it's a video clip or him in the audience or something like that. And Skull crushing finale on the concrete somewhere to end it. And you know? I, that's what I figured, but this was beyond that, yeah. way beyond that. And it, it the, the holy shit chance were well deserved. It was very entertaining, very good match awesome it, it had just gotten dark so the setting was perfect you know mm-hmm. it had, you know the sun had finally gone down and it was full wrestlemania mode at this mm-hmm. point and honestly i think it kind of hurt some of the matches that came after um because it was so just eye-popping and amazing that mm-hmm. anything that came after it was just not gonna hold up unless it was the, a main event and it certainly was not so um i loved it but i think it actually hurt who came next, which was another grudge match between AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Mm. Um, now, they, they're both awesome in their own right, and they put on a good show. But again, I think everybody was so high in adrenaline from the Miz match mm. and from what they just witnessed that they weren't really getting into this match. Um, at least that's what I felt from the audience. Yeah, I thought Shane Miz, I, I think Shane Miz exceeded my expectations also. Um, I thought it was maybe not the greatest display of professional wrestling, but was a great display of sports entertainment. And yeah. we were talking about that dis- that yeah. uh, distinction earlier today. It is what Vince uh, does best. It was very sports entertaining for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even one of the earlier spots where Shane was getting thrown over over some kind of equipment that that just there was just like a nine foot drop on the yeah. concrete behind him in the concession area i mean yeah that was both guys were bleeding anything. so yeah. like there was real blood from incidental damage throughout this match too which yeah, is I mean, pretty cool I, I thought that spot was as scary as anything and then the superplex spot was uh was a great way to finish that had to be 15 feet at least yeah i mean it was just unbelievable it doesn't matter what you're landing yeah. on if you're going 15 feet down that way so yeah, it definitely like clearly that the it was a prop you know platform mm-hmm. but 
that's yeah. gonna hurt no but matter it didn't what tickle. You did. yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah. it wasn't yeah. a pillow there was clearly some wood on top <laughs> yeah and even if there's some cushioning under it it doesn't yeah. fucking matter they, they weren't down and they weren't down feathers or anything quite frankly they both looked really fucking dazed mm. and i was kind of concerned that they were both con- con- concussed or very mm. badly hurt yeah. and even spoiler alert for later in the the, the week even in the follow-up shows, like Shane comes out, he looks sore and beat up, and he, yeah. I don't think he was just playing it up. I think I think the man couldn't because he didn't do his normal shuffle or anything. Mm-hmm. I think he honestly just couldn't do it, yeah, because he was so beat up from the match. And yeah, I don't blame him. P.S. Stop wrestling, Shane. For goodness sakes, I enjoy 50. it. Don't stop. You're fifty. I enjoy it. I don't care. Keep doing um, it. But yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it, I thought it exceeded my expectations by quite a bit. Also, so yeah. um, solid grade. Solid grade for it. Yeah. So yeah, again, Shane was just getting his ass kicked up and down this tower, and finally they get to the top uh, of what I call the Tower of Rage, uh, which was burning hot from the Miz. Of course. Shane begs for mercy, saying, no, can't take it anymore, please don't, don't do this, don't do this, and uh, we get the giant superplex from the top uh, with the most appropriate chant, this is awesome, Yeah. Uh, to top off the holy shit chants from earlier. Um and again, the conclusion is Shane technically pins yes. Miz, keeping keeping the feud potentially alive. To some lucky physics, he happens <clears throat> to land on top of the Miz in a pinning, and it's a false count anywhere match. So yep. if he's on top of you, they're both out. He gets the pin, and yeah, I think they're opening the door to continue this feud because yep. there's no way their business is handled. Nope. <laughs> so that was fucking awesome. I really, really, really enjoyed it, and was mm-hmm. very entertained. Um, very sports entertaining more than i could ask for from the storyline and i i enjoyed it from beginning to possible conclusion we'll see yeah next up we had the women's tag team title on the line now i think this match was hurt by a few things um by far this was the best stretch of the show for me you know between shane and miz all the way through to uh the kofi match with the planet's champion um however i think of this sequence this was probably the one that was the least entertaining and kind of the most surprising i would say um very surprising indeed i think it was kind of hurt again because we had such a holy shit moment just before it so everybody was you know on cloud nine and expecting this going into this match and they did not quite deliver that Mm. (laughs) and delivered quite a controversial ending um for a lot of people and in the context of the entire event it makes sense because we had baby faces just getting what they wanted left and right more Mm -hmm. or less um and so clearly they had to have some kind of heat from something somewhere in the show and this was one of those things something else um so we had boss and hug versus the iconics uh versus uh tamina and mina and nia jacks um and natalia and beth phoenix as the final tag team there um it was interesting seeing bret hart come out with natalia yes the hitman the whole hart family dungeon team coming yeah, out so I thought that was a nice touch that was nice a nice moment. little intro um, yeah natalia's father just got inducted with bret into the hall of fame as the hart foundation on saturday night so they were together for that yeah. and uh while bret was in town he decided to come support natty at wrestlemania so yeah. nice moment it was really cool uh he obviously didn't do anything, but uh, it was cool to see him come out with Natalia, kind of supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like two groups really got pushed in this match. Uh, the first group being Natalia and Beth Phoenix, they looked really good, mm-hmm. especially towards mm-hmm. the end of the match. Mm-hmm. 
and it seemed like they were setting up for them to take the belt mm. uh, at the main event, and which is appropriate because they were you know awesome additions to the women's roster and one of the first women to kind of be respectable mm. <laughs> as wrestlers. But uh, you know I, that came with time, but mm-hmm. uh, they were still kind of divas from the beginning. But uh, they were some of the more legit ones that mm-hmm. uh, kind of yeah. eased the transition for you know the four horsewoman later to kind of start the women's revolution and all that stuff. Yeah, Beth Phoenix was definitely uh, a diamond in the rough of the divas era. Yep. Um, and the other team that really got some big spots from this were the Iconics, mm-hmm. which was really surprising. Now, I. I I actually like the Iconics more than I think a lot of people do just because I find them entertaining. Yeah. Not necessarily because they're good wrestlers. And, you know, clearly they're probably the weakest group as yeah. far as wrestling goes in the entire match. Yeah, maybe Tamina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Samoan Slaughterhouse <laughs> still takes so, it there. Tamina's pretty close <laughs> uh, just by herself. But uh, <laughs> the Iconics are really entertaining in everything they do. And they sell it 100%, whatever they're doing, however mm-hmm. comical and ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did enjoy them getting kind of some fun spots, but I thought it was weird because, uh, you know, Boston Hug really didn't do anything with the title up to this point, and don't get me they, started. They didn't really get to do much of anything in this match other than get their ass kicked, and then they lost the belt to the Iconics from a surprise pin of Beth Phoenix. When anybody in the match could have been pinned, they would have lost the title. They actually had Bailey get pinned. Yeah. Anybody so, could have got they could have had Tamina get pinned and get the iconics the titles. They had yeah. Bailey take the pin. And of course they made it controversial because they're the iconics and that's what they do. Mm. Um so I was entertained by that and I am entertained by the potential storylines going forward. But it seemed weird to do it at WrestleMania, and it seemed weird to do it when they hadn't even defended the title on NXT. Like Forty nine days. We expected them to defend the title on NXT. They went down to NXT on their day off. To promote the fact that they would be defending, and they the never title defended it on XC. <laughs> so that seemed really shitty. Um, who knows about the superstar shakeup? I kind of wonder if this is kind of something that was going on behind the scenes with Sasha, because we've been hearing a lot of rumblings uh, that Sasha does not want to be in the WWE, uh, and this may have been the final straw. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's the result of this. And well, she had been threatening it in the past too. No, uh, no, and, she had never threatened to leave WWE. This is the first time when they took the belts off of them at WrestleMania on Sunday, but um, which we can talk about in our big story on a later edition. Yeah. <laughs> so it's again, we have a little more foresight than we're letting on because yes. we're doing this late. Yes. Um, and I may have some extra rage about this match because of some of the after effects that we will be discussing at a yeah. later time. But I mean, the match was, you know, solid. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad, um, but it wasn't great either. And yeah. it, it it was. It clearly had the controversial ending that uh, we did not expect, at least in that context. Um, it just seemed really weird that uh, I get if you know Bailey and you know Sasha got a lot of big hits in or got got to do a lot of big moves and then just came up short in the end. But they didn't. They just kind of got their ass kicked the entire time and made everybody else look good uh, mm-hmm. at the expense of their own careers, really, uh, and their own character lines. It, it, I don't know. They've just been kind of built up to be some of the best wrestlers, you know, among the women and WWE and in some ways, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just fell really flat and just felt really poorly planned. And, you know, there was some clumsy action going on in there. And I, I feel like it was just the, the wrong time to do it this way. Like if they had done it, you know, on a week 
weekly show. Okay. Like that sets up a fun storyline and I expect it will be a fun storyline going forward, but it just seemed really inappropriate and weird to do it at WrestleMania, especially in that fashion, you know, but that that's what I felt about it. I was entertained enough. You know, again, this was the best stretch of the show between, you know, Miz for me, um, the Kofi conclusion and, you know, this match, I thought it was pretty solid, you know, throughout and even the match before it was pretty solid. I just, I just felt it was kind of the weakest point of this sequence and it just stood out a little Mm -hmm. weird. And I think, again, it was hurt a little bit by the adrenaline jump from one point to beginning another slow burn match on the other end. Um, but it just, it, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm kind of conflicted. Well, I'm very unhappy about it. <laughs> I thought the match quality was fine. I thought the Iconics did dig a little deeper into their bag of tricks and showed some things in their move sets we haven't really seen from them before, which was nice. Um, so I thought the match quality was fine, but it absolutely bothers the hell out of me how they chose to handle Boston Hugs inaugural women's tag title reigns. Um, for them to win it in the elimination chamber in the fashion that they did to be built up. They're trying to establish these titles as credible and important. It's, they're brand new. They have no history behind them. They're, they need to establish a history. And the way to go about it was the way they were going about it up to this point, which is what which was to put it on two of your most credible performers in your company two of the four horsewomen of nxt spearheads of the women's revolution even though i don't love them as a team they are still individually two of the most important women in this era of wrestling and putting the titles on them for an extended period of time would be a great way to establish those titles as credible before they eventually drop them to some heel tag team and they go their separate ways that was the way to go about this uh, as you mentioned, they <laughs> they were supposed to defend them on NXT. They took a tri- they flew out to Orlando, which was apparently Bailey's day off. She just decided to sacrifice her day off to fly to Orlando yeah. to go to an NXT taping to advertise the fact that they would be defending against NXT opponents. We never saw them against any NXT opponents, uh, and it's kind of weird that we just found out the next takeover happens to be in Bailey's hometown of San Jose in June. The same week that they decided to take the titles off of them at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and on top of all of that, they decided to have Bailey be the one to eat the pin. Anybody yeah. in the match could have eaten the pin. It was really, they, they really weird. They could have had, had somebody do something to Tamina and 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 Peyton Royce could have tagged in sleepily just the same way and go Please. in and pin Tamina. <laughs> they could have had something happen to, you know, they could have had something happen to Natalia, who, who is basically a jobber at this point, and let let the exact same sequence of events happens where you're not weakening Bailey and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not happy with the fact that they were the ones to eat the pin. I'm not happy with the fact that the inaugural women's tag title reign ended at 49 days, 49 days with one successful title defense. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks has had five championships on the main roster. She now has one successful title defense with five championship reigns. Yeah. Um, this is just, this is just more of the ridiculousness that is, is causing some problems uh to say the least to say the least um just terribly mismanaged mishandled 
I'm okay with the Iconics getting the titles. I agree with you that they bring a lot to the table with their character work, with their in-ring psychology, with their promos. Yeah, they I think, make things fun. I think they. Yeah. I think Peyton Royce in particular is actually capable of more in the ring than she's often allowed to show because of the fact that they are cowardly heels. Usually, the move set of a cowardly heel character will be limited. Yeah. Whereas if you're a babyface character, you get to do more flashy mm-hmm. things. Um. So I think that they are limited by their characters and that they're not supposed to look like they're really competent in the <laughs> ring. They're supposed yeah. to look like they don't deserve to win. Yeah. Um. So I I like them too and i'm okay with them being the ones to take the titles but not at 40 not at the 49 day mark when there was no defense by boss and hug against an nxt team when they only had one successful title on the wrestlemania stage on wrestlemania this was just not the place this was not the time this this hurts the championships this hurts sasha and bailey this hurts the whole division and the, the iconics have not done enough to be credible champions either, and you're putting brand new championships Which that don't have the story I anticipate they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, telling the, the fact that you've got basically champions that haven't hardly beaten anyone, uh, being uh, holding belts that are brand new that you haven't even established yet. I mean, that's just all kinds of stupid on top of itself. Yeah. Um. So I'm just, I was fine with the match, but. The way they chose to book this and the way they chose to handle Sasha and Bailey's reign, I'm very unhappy with. Yeah. So this left a bad taste in my mouth. And then this match was followed by, in my opinion, the best match of the night. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think this match, I get why they were pushing the women's main event thing and why you know they're pushing Becky as the big main event and all this stuff. But they killed that storyline long ago. And quite frankly, they kind of ruined the opportunity they had with kind of shoehorning Charlotte into it and doing all this stupid, unnecessary thing, uh, things with it. And then honestly, just starting the storyline way too early with no clear plan of action mm-hmm. leading into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think that they, they didn't even think about how they were going to do it. I think they said, hey, women main event at WrestleMania. Let's do it because it'll be revolutionary and it'll get us a lot of good press and let's do it. And they poorly executed it and poorly planned it. And honestly, that match was kind of the most awkward. And for me, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Mm. And it was the main event. And quite frankly, this Kofi match versus Daniel Bryan blew my mind. I fucking loved it. It was the conclusion to a an, a wonderfully organic story. Probably the most organic storyline I've ever seen out of WWE or WWF or WCW or any wrestling for that matter for me. Wow. Um, and again, I cut out wwe from my life for a significant amount of time because i just didn't enjoy the pg era um so i may have missed something better but for me this was such an a, a quick organic moment in history for the wwe where you had kofi kingston come in as the last minute replacement because uh mustafa ali got hurt you know for uh, just ali's i'm not calling him just <laughs> ali. fuck that uh it's not fucking aladdin um <laughs> But it was just so organic and the movement became so natural and so strong and it was really well executed for the most part across the board. Um, while I I feel like Randy Orton would have been the better final opponent for Kofi in this WrestleMania match, I do like how well Daniel Bryan represented it. Mm-hmm. And not only did Daniel Bryan do a phenomenal job being the villain in this case, but Kofi did a phenomenal job being the hero, mm-hmm. the organic hero in this case. Mm-hmm. And the match was amazing. Yeah. I fucking love this match for mm-hmm. me. 10 out of 10. You know, I'm keeping a track of my favorite matches of the year because I want to do like a top five matches of the year between you and me at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like our New Year's show or something. Um, 
but between the Cedric Alexander and Tony Nese match and this match, they're my top two right now. And while I think the Tony Nese versus Cedric Alexander match was better in ring, just by a, a small hair, this one by far had more emotion to it mm-hmm. and just had all of the you know emotional investment in it between what the New Day guys did in their gauntlet match to win this spot for their brother to get the opportunity and keep the opportunity for what Kofi had to go through versus the big boss Vince McMahon calling him a B-plus player, kind of alluding to you know the Daniel Bryan storylines of the past. And they just tied everything together so well, and it was such a great organic storyline that came together at a perfect pace. You know, It didn't start too early or too late. It was right on the money, and I don't think you can make a storyline work out that well if i had any complaints any you know real complaints not my fake joking oh planet's champion because i do love the planet's champ and i love the belt if i have any complaints about this match it's that before the match started they spoiled the ending of the match if you were paying attention the camera guys were standing behind the new belt Mm -hmm. under the apron and it was clearly a new belt that was under the apron Mm because daniel bryan had already been shown holding his version of the belt Mm -hmm. So clearly they had the new belt ready to show for Kofi, you know, and I was like, okay, you spoiled the match. You know, <laughs> It's what we all assumed was going to happen yes. with this such a nice organic buildup, but I wish they hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest mistake of the night as far as production goes, you know, from a person watching it on the pay-per-view on TV. Um, <laughs> it just disappointed me so much because I saw that apron. I was like, fuck. Mm. Now now I can't even entertain the idea that Daniel Bryan might win this and might ruin everybody's dreams, you know? <laughs> um, but the match was phenomenal. Like, mm. Daniel Bryan brought his A game. Kofi brought his A game. I will say that Kofi had some weird chest thing going on. It was really grossing me out. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but he had like <laughs> he had like two side boobs and just a flat bone chest <laughs> for some of the things he was doing. I was like, ugh, this yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> I was like, what is going on with your chest? It, I mean, his chest was like in his armpit. It was yeah. it was disgusting. <laughs> I love you, Kofi, but what was going on there? I don't know. But the match was awesome. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. And then after the conclusion, where after Kofi finally gets the win, you know, he brings his family up into the ring and his son's on the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. showing off the t shirt. He stole the show. You know, and the, the New Day guys come in and they're fucking, I think, legitimately emotional for oh, their yeah. friend. Of course. And like Xavier Woods is bawling his eyes out. Yeah. It was just yeah, an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. As much as I love the Planet's Champion, yeah. it, it was worth it. Yeah. Like, if he had to go, this is the best way he could have gone. And I, I fucking loved it. Yeah. Great match. Unfortunately, it seems like Daniel Bryan has some sort of injury because of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get an injury in a match, that's that's the match to do it in, you mm-hmm. know. And if he did get injured somewhere in the middle or at the beginning, he didn't show no, it. he didn't show it at all. He looked awesome. Mm-hmm. And there was some fucking amazing flying knees in there and just amazing technical wrestling. I never saw this much technical wrestling from Kofi ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. So. My hat's off to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody did a great job, except for that fucking camera guy <laughs> <laughs> who revealed the belt yeah. Uh, accidentally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an awesome match, and I, c- I can't praise it enough. 10 out of 10 for that match. Just mm. amazing. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it, I also, I agree it was the best match of the night overall when you take into account how well they told this story, the story that they told in the ring during the match was incredible and powerful and you could really feel it as you were watching it. Um, definitely the emotional high point of the evening, I think. And, you know, I love Becky Lynch and everyone knows I love Becky Lynch. Spoiler alert for the main event. But, uh, this was the emotional high point of the show. Um, this is when the crowd reacted the strongest. The whole crowd went absolutely insane when, when Kofi got that three count off the trouble in paradise. Um, yeah, this was just phenomenal. I mean, this is the way you, this is the way you tell this hero underdog story. This is the way you do it. Daniel Bryan was the perfect villain, I think, because of the fact that he was on the opposite end of his own story now. Yeah. That's what's so cool about so this. So poetic. It's so the way it yeah. all comes full circle in that way that he was the underdog, that he was the one held down by the man, that he was the one that everyone thought was a B plus player, and now he's the villain telling Kofi he's the B plus yeah. player. And I thought that that was just a beautiful thing that he was able to be in that position to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. I, I would say if I had to nitpick something, I think some of the physical execution wasn't perfect. I think it wasn't totally clean at times. Um, but I thought the story that they told was so high level, it more than overcame some yeah. of the physical uh, missteps. You were just so, so investment, you didn't even care. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just didn't even, didn't even bother, you know, you weren't watching, you know, a lot of the times we as fans, diehard fans, can fall into the uh, trap of sort of looking at wrestling as a gymnastics competition where wow. we're just like, oh, did he stick that landing? Oh, I guess he didn't. Yeah, I'm going to mark that off. Whereas you're not focusing on true. the emotional yeah. investment of the story that's being told, which is what's more important about wrestling than doing the coolest move or doing it the cleanest or the most perfectly. And as as great as the other leagues out there are, and they are great, that's the reason why the WWE is still on top. Hmm. It's because they create that emotional investment yeah. better than anybody. Yeah, they tell the stories, and they tell them thoroughly, and they devote a lot of time to the story side of things and less time to the work rate. Um, but I thought the work rate was still really, really good. Uh, I would give this a 4.75 out of 5, simply because got to take a few points off for the execution not being 100% perfect, but the story was so high level. The story was a 5 out of 5. The in-ring psychology was a 5 out of 5. The emotional weight of it was a 5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Definitely the match of the night. Definitely the emotional high point of the night. Delivered everything that I hoped it would deliver. Delivered yep. everything I think the whole WWE universe wanted it to deliver. Yeah. So just it's amazing. not a lot to complain about there. It's it, fantastic. It, for me, it should have been the main event as, you know, as much as they wanted to have the big moment with the first woman's main event, I think they just blew it. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think, think they forced it when they shouldn't have, and they they kind of upended themselves with the kind of last minute changes and all that stuff. I, I I think I think they really hurt themselves. Yeah, I think at the time they made the decision to announce it as the main event it was the right decision to make it the main event. Yeah. I think it became less and less the right decision yeah. as the story unfolded, as the two stories unfolded, as Kofi's got more and more investment and as the women's story kind of went off the rails. So, But I think at the time they decided it was going to be the main event, it was the right decision they at did that it too, time. They did it but they probably early. shouldn't have announced it when they did for that reason. Yeah, and maybe next time they'll wait a little longer before they do. Yeah. I, I mean, Ronda Rousey was the mainstream star, much more famous than either Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston. So I understand that side of things from a business perspective. Yeah. Uh, plus the fact that you are trying to vault Becky into being a face of the company person, whereas I don't think Kofi's going to be a, com- a face of the company probably guy not. because of the fact that Roman Reigns exists, <laughs> basically. Um, so for those two reasons, I understand from a business perspective while you're putting it may not be the best from a booking perspective of a making the best show perspective of a story perspective yeah but from a business perspective i can understand why they went yeah. with the women but this uh, but yeah. this was this was the main event in the sense that it yeah. was the 
the high point of the evening by, by far, far yeah. with the most emotional investment. Um, and honestly, just seeing that ending, what's next? What's next for Daniel Bryan? What's mm-hmm. next for Kofi? Like, that's the big question. Yeah. And it's, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm I, nervous. I, I'm nervous. I fucking love it. I, I, I feel like, you know, this is the problem with not having an off season is that the hero just slayed the dragon and won the day. Yeah. And now and could potentially be slayed the next day. And now day. he's got to be, yeah. he's got to go back to performing and you still got to tell a story in two days. Yeah. So where do you go from here? And uh, yeah. I'm, surpri- I'm nervous to see. Honestly, I think they should just give him the week off after WrestleMania. Yeah. Like it, why, why do you need yeah. to have episodes where everybody's just going to come out and say hi? The and next that's, day. That, that's about it. Yeah. You know, the raw matches people. are going to kind of suck because everybody's sore and yeah. injured. And, like, the raw people have to be there the next day. Yeah. That just sucks. After staying that's up till br- one brutal. o'clock in the morning. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, next up, we had a nice little promo, even though it's more of the fucking SNL bullshit, um, where we had the NWO <laughs> in the background at dressed as doctors, <laughs> ready to take care, in uh, quotes, yo, 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 of the SNL guys after getting beat by uh, <laughs> yeah. Braun Strowman. Hey, yo. <laughs> Scott Hall. <laughs> it's Kevin Nash. Hey yo. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh so I enjoyed that. It was a nice little, nice little cameo. fun little thing. Little cameo. Yeah. Break things up. Now um I wish we could have got to see the Hulkster with him. He was yeah, there. That that know? should have happened. That would have put it over the top yeah. if you put the Hulkster with and him. And again, Hulk didn't do anything yeah, other than show up around. at the beginning. Alexa Bliss wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Like, it was just... Yeah. What had to do with Hulkster was just take off but, his red and yellow and put yeah. on his white and black and put yeah. him into that segment. Put Honestly, I think, I think it's more just because they had too many fucking matches and yeah. they just couldn't do the stuff they wanted to. Yeah. Um, but this was Alexa Bliss's second appearance of the five-hour show. So congratulations, <laughs> host of WrestleMania. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, so weird. Weird. Um, honestly, from this point on, it was kind of downhill for me. Um, I really, you know, there was some nice moments, some fun moments. But honestly, I just, for the rest of the show, I really couldn't get too into stuff. And, you know, I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. And he was later in the show. And even that match with the Demon, mm. I just just like, yeah, it's good. It's good, not great. You know, he's facing Bobby Lashley for the hundredth time. And I just, uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though it is the Demon and I should care. But, um, yeah, they really seem to stuff a lot of the good matches on the front half of the show yeah, before really Kofi and then you're and coming I, off of the emotional high of Kofi and yeah. you just have these string of matches where there's not as much investment that really yeah. made it tough so for the rest of the night I just you know I was kind of like okay when's it when's this gonna be over <laughs> to be honest just just being honest you know yeah. because there, I was expecting great things and I was just getting disappointed here and there and there and there and there and just, maybe it's a failure of expectation maybe that maybe I had my expectations too high maybe the adrenaline was too high between Shane and uh uh, Miz and then the Kofi match and then the Austin tag team match with the men's division. Um, I think not caring about Becky was your big problem. Well, that was a, <laughs> that was the story because I think that's their what stupid they were, fucking hair. I think that, that <laughs> that's what they were expecting to try to carry. But I don't even think through. the match was that good between the three of them. I think it was clumsy. Well, we'll get to that. But yeah. I'm just saying that as far as the investment at this point in the show, I think they were counting on the fact that the majority of the WWE universe is very yeah. invested in Becky. They were hoping that would carry them through Man, some of these lesser I matches. I don't think it could. The, the bridging yeah. the main event in the Kofi match. And I mean, there's some brutal slow points throughout this little stretch here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very raw heavy <laughs> yeah yes um, shocker so uh next up we had ray mysterio versus samoa joe for the u.s title and it was just a fucking squash match yeah over yeah that. we we got a really really early 619 
uh, from Rey Mysterio that got did nothing. turned into a coquina clutch and then squashed. So Mysterio yeah. looked really bad. Smojo looks brutal as always, but it was just like, clearly I think this was a match that got cut because they had other shit they wanted to push. I, th- I Well, Mysterio got a bit of an ankle injury on the go-home Raw, so I think they might have been Maybe protecting his injury, too. Yeah. Uh, was just uh, get him out there, let him have his moment where he soaks in the crowd during his entrance, and yeah. then get him to the back as soon as possible by a quick yeah. squash. So I think they might have been protecting him, too. But it I worked just, out the double benefit of yeah. to cut down on some match. I would have rather just seen a different opponent. You know, yeah. If you want to protect him from injury, just say he had to forfeit because of injury, and we'll bring out, you know, a hand chosen you know guy like andrade or something i yeah. don't know you know to go out and face him or something like they that. they were probably looking at it as a blessing in disguise though like now we have an excuse to yeah. get a match without making anyone mad at us yeah <laughs> um so yeah that was kind of disappointing because samoa joe doesn't get the spotlight as yeah much this as is he, his first wrestlemania match he, he deserves to get a lot yeah. more spotlight and it sucks he's got his first title reign ever yeah. And the WWE, which is ridiculous. He's been on the main roster for three years. Um, he got his first WrestleMania match. It's over yeah. in under a minute. And he's that been one of the best villains, period. Yeah. Uh, so I don't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> they they just, I don't know, they just mishandle him. They do. Um, next up, we had uh, Roman Reigns uh, versus McIntyre. The conclusion of McIntyre just demolishing everybody in the shield uh, and beating the shit out of everybody. We had some huge entrances for them. Both of them had, you know, we had the NYPD kind of band yes, come out to right. introduce McIntyre and then Roman Reigns had fucking fireworks everywhere. <laughs> Clearly Vince knows where he wants to spend his money yes. and that's on Roman. Yeah, naturally. Um so we got a monstrous entrance from both of them. Um really my only notes for the match cuz I wasn't very entertained as much as I wanted to be. Um I hate that McIntyre keeps doing the fucking tiny man thing. <laughs> He's so huge. Quit curling into a little ball. Mm. It's so annoying because he could be so good and so intimidating, but he always curls into a tiny fucking ball. And it drives me crazy. Um, there was a Snickers commercial in there that was very much on point. Uh, <laughs> and that's what I took away from this match. Yeah. Uh, Roman I just, wins. Just felt like it was fine. Uh, which is pretty much how I feel about 100% of Drew McIntyre ma- matches and 100% of Roman matches that aren't main events. Um, it was just fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. It was fine. It's fine. That's all I got. I agree. <laughs> uh, next up, we had uh, Elias come out for his big concert. The headliner. Uh, he plays a little a little song with Elias and Elias. Yes. Um, the The trio play a lovely song there. Those, uh, eight, those over 80,000 fans really got their money's worth. Yeah. Not just seeing Elias, but to see Elias, Elias, and Elias, too. Oh, Unbelievable. What a group. What, uh, what a deal. Talk about a super band. <laughs> um, we had a, kind of a funny Seven Nation Elias. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where he played Seven Nation Army on his guitar because the fans were <laughs> chanting it. Yes. Walk with Elias. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. And then we had a very unexpected appearance. Now, I had predicted John Cena would come out during the Batista Triple H match, which was right after this. So it was so fucking close. <laughs> but uh, Cena comes out as Thugonomics Cena. Yes, the doctor. <laughs> the doctor of Thugonomics is back. And he comes out and has a rapping match with Elias, more or less, where Elias didn't really do anything. But uh, okay. <laughs> And it, it was as much as you would expect from a corny white guy trying so to rap. So uh, there was a lot of kayfabe breaking that I thought was weird during his little raps. Uh, oh, yeah. That's typical of Cena. But that was a little weird. You know, cool Cena. Um, 
it seemed like more of his raps were about self-shaming himself and making him look like humble than it was about being savage towards Elias. Like the first few were like pretty good. I was like, all right, I'm into this. And then he just started saying, well, because I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like now you don't look like the Thugonomics guy. Now you just look like a humble dude, <laughs> like which is not what I want to see if he's dressed as the Thugonomics Cena. Mm. Um, but I found it entertaining. It was, it was fine. Yeah, I was super uh, into this. Uh, I was a big fan of the Dr. Thugonomics. I'm not as much a fan of the babyface version of Cena. So to see the babyface version not there and to see the doctor back in action was yeah. uh, I was really marking out when he was coming to the ring and hearing and the old. Where is John Cena from? Uh, West Newbury, Massachusetts. And what jersey was he wearing? New York Yankees. What What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why uh, is he wearing a Yankees uh, jersey? Look, nobody's going to tell the doctor how to dress around here. Okay? Well, I, I'm going to tell the doctor. <laughs> He's a fucking retard. Um, so, don't wear a Yankees jersey when you're from Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting that, uh, getting that cheap pop. I did like how they brought the FU back, though. That was pretty yes, nice. Yes, the FU yeah. and the STFU. Uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of this segment. I really love the Doctor of Thugonomics. I, I was really happy to see him again. I was happy to hear the old theme song. I still know all the words to the old theme song, even though it's been defunct since like 2004. Yeah. So that shows you how much of a fan of the Doctor of Thugonomics I am. I like the rap a lot. I think it was really, uh, I mean... His older his raps when he was the Doctor of Thugonomics were a lot edgier than this one was, and you know that's really about the era. Some of the if you go back and look at some of the ones he did then, they would not fly today <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, so I know he had to tone it down because it is still the PG era. Um, but I think that as far as working within those confines, he did as good as good as he possibly could. Yeah, uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was just nostalgerific and great to see Cena like that. And yeah. I think that was the right way to make use of him being in town. So yeah. I was a big fan it was of this fun. Whole segment. It was a fun thing to throw in there. Yeah. Um, you know, something we could have cut down and maybe, you know, <laughs> among other matches in this whole show that we could have put the Cruiserweight title on the, the Raw uh, tag team title on the main to show. Keep the dot. But you know, we're life. <laughs> Gross. Uh, next up, we have the AJ Styles and Randy Orton match. Um, this one, again, had been a few that have been building up for like two, three weeks where they just kind of randomly came out and started insulting each other, which was awesome and really entertaining and fun. Um, but I don't, I feel like it didn't have much of a buildup that it probably needed to. And again, I think a lot of the enjoyment people could have gotten out of it was kind of lost because the adrenaline was so high. And then this match started and in typical Randy Orton fashion, it kind of had a slow start, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of a slow burn into a, a big ending, but it, it just wasn't enough. And I, I felt like I wasn't into it and, yeah. and the audience didn't seem into it. Um, even though they're both masters at their craft and they were both pulling off awesome sequences and moves and doing what they do best, but it just wasn't, I don't think it was hitting home. Yeah, I do want to make two notes just in fairness to the two of them. One being that there was a lighting issue that made it really hard for a large section of the stadium to see what the hell was going on. Really? Um, wow. This was this was actually something that Randy addressed <laughs> on his Instagram afterward because someone had posted a picture of just this huge ball of light just beaming <laughs> into their eyes so they could not see anything as the match was going on. Um, so he sort of called out the WWE for screwing that up, which apparently isn't the first time it's happened. And I don't know how it's possible that a company with these resources allows this to happen again at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's really kind of outrageous. So I think that was a big part of it. And then the other big part of it was that AJ did 
sustain a hip injury, um, taking a bump about halfway through the match, so he was slowed down by that. Yeah. So between a, a, probably a third of the crowd couldn't see what the hell was going on, and then you had one of the performers being injured halfway through. There was a lot working against this match being as good as a lot of us expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I still thought it was good, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely left a lot to be desired. It didn't live up. This was a case of not living up to the expectations that I had for it. Yeah. Um, and I also thought the ending was not all that impressive. It was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember well, the last time. I think the big thing is that AJ kicked out of an RKO. Like yeah. They were dancing around it. AJ was avoiding it and countering mm-hmm. it the entire match. And then he actually gets hit by it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really protected finisher. It so is a really kinda, protected finisher. I was finisher. surprised he... F- kicked out of it and then did a phenomenal forearm to beat randy orton it is a protected finisher but i would expect in this kind of stage that if 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 randy was going to win it would have been an rko with some kind of modification that made it super cool just because that's what we're used to with randy orton at wrestlemania and it was just a normal rko in the middle of the ring so that's why it didn't really surprise me aj kicked out of it especially because aj hasn't been pinned clean in a long 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 time uh, he lost the championship to Daniel Bryan dirty and then lost the subsequent rematches dirty. And those are really the only singles losses he's sustained in forever. Yeah. Um, but I expected that if Randy was going to win, it would have been with, you know, one of those cool RKO spots, which ended up just not happening, which was yeah. weird because they were teasing yeah. it in their confrontations leading to the match. Um, and then I also just don't remember the last time someone even got pinned by a phenomenal forearm. It is not yeah. really used as his finisher all that much. It's generally- and it seemed like... While AJ was trying to counter all of the RKO attempts, it seemed like they the storyline they were setting up with the, the the match was that Randy Orton was kind of trying to avoid and counter the phenomenal forearm. Mm-hmm. There were several moments where AJ went up to kind of bounce, and then Randy would do something to avoid it or slide under him or knock his legs out or whatever would happen to mm-hmm. kind of counter it, just like AJ was countering the RKO. So it seemed kind of weird, again, like... Not too many people get pinned by the phenomenal forearm. Yeah, I mean, it's hardly even been considered a finisher in a long time. He's got the Styles Clash, which is his real finisher for a pin, and then he's got the Calf Crusher, which a lot of people tap out to and is kind of his submission. But, yeah, no one's been pinned in the phenomenal forearm for a while, so I thought it was pretty... I mean, he did hit it to the outside, and then he threw Randy into the ring, so it wasn't just a normal one. Yeah. But even so, it felt like a really anticlimactic end, Yeah. and the fact we didn't get even really an attempt at the cool RKO spot that they'd been teasing for a while and everyone was expecting this, this match was kind of a bummer. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of, you know, a letdown, you know, this is like you were saying, this is one of the matches that we were expecting to be pretty good. Yeah. I predicted it would steal the show and it (laughs) It it really didn't. Um, Certainly did not. I mean, overall, you know, taking the Royale matches out of the equation, it was probably the weakest match up to this point, Mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, next up, <laughs> we had the match that everybody predicted would be long and painful. Batista versus Triple H for Batista's retirement match. Um, we finally get the conclusion to the feud they had been building since uh, Batista attacked Ric Flair on his 70th birthday, which I actually enjoyed at the beginning, and then it was just like, this is being really mishandled later on when they kept trying to prop it up and... Just things were just weird. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, I think they were trying to do like a really big callback to the attitude era. But the thing is, Batista wasn't really a big part of the attitude era. He, no. ca- he came at the very end and then he kind of was in the, you know, Cena kind of PG transition era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was kind of the key ruthless aggression guy, which kind of bridged the, the attitude era with, 
um, the PG era, but Triple yeah. H was certainly an instrumental part of the yeah. Attitude Era. And it seemed weird that this match was more of like a slow-burning Attitude Era with guys who are probably too old to be doing Attitude Era type wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, it, it, again, you were you were, you get you and Caleb specifically were completely right. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very slow yeah. match. All Triple the, H matches. The introduction took forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the time we got to the match, you know, we had already been kind of underwhelmed by the AJ Styles and Randy Orton match. You know, adrenaline, that adrenaline jump we had from The Miz versus yeah. Shane McMahon had completely worn off at this point. So we're... Everybody was kind of recovering now yeah. after they had crashed. That was one of the few um, match order mistakes I think they made was putting two slow pace matches back to back like that. It's pretty rough. Yeah, it was a little weird. Uh, but I did enjoy Shawn Michaels being there as the announcer, although I kind yeah. of expected him to do more. Yeah. Like I expected him to throw a kick out of nowhere right. or something like that, right. but he didn't do anything. Nope. Uh, which is kind of disappointing. He but. did add something uh, interesting to the announce table, though. So I thought he had some good thoughts there. Yeah. And kind and of it, making it personal. And, and it was kind of weird. He was like, on Triple H's side, but he kind of also sympathized with Batista mm-hmm. uh, as an announcer, which was interesting. Like, mm-hmm. it was cool. It, it added some kind of depth to the storyline they were trying to create there, but uh, still, it was just kind of unexpected. I expected yeah. him to do something. Yeah. Today. Yeah, you would think so. Um, so, uh, just specific notes from the match. I think the big thing that people are probably going to remember is the they finally tore out the fake nose ring. Yes. Uh, but... It was welcome. Which was clear. I don't think it was torn out uh, as yeah. much as Batista squeezed it to make a little blood yeah. drop yeah. and then Triple H squeezed pretended to pull on. it out. Yeah. I think that would have been cool if they hadn't zoomed in 100% on no. the ring while Batista was holding it. Yeah. Because you could, clearly he was squeezing it and you could see it on high definition television. Like, mm. I think if they had zoomed out and it would have been more convincing and would have been cooler as a moment. But I, I think that was one of the few mistakes of the production team as far as the camera work goes. Um, but really, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah. Um, it, it, there I was mean, a nice spear from Batista. You know, that was cool. But he really didn't get to do his Batista bomb on anything. You know, there was He set- did hit one. He did hit one towards the end. Um, but they were trying to set it up on the table, and he ended up not doing it. Yeah. It was just like, that's kind of underwhelming. Anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah, um, this was, you know, typical Triple H anything. It's always just going to be at a snail's pace, and you just have to try to stay awake long enough to maybe see something cool towards the end. And, uh, you know, I love Batista. As you know, I marked out when Batista came out when yeah. I got to hear his theme song for the yeah. last time. And uh, I was all, I walk for miles inside this pit of danger. But, you know, even my marked him for Batista couldn't make me really enjoy this match. It was just too slow, and these guys are too old, and they're just not physically able to do things. I think the story that they told was fine. Um, you know, some of the violent spots were cool and brutal and, yeah. you know, hard to watch at times and physical. Mm-hmm. So I think they did as good as they could have done, but this basically ended up exactly the way I expected it would yeah. <laughs> from beginning to end, including the pace, including the slowness, including... Uh, going way too long and including who the ultimate winner was it yeah. was just kind of predictable across the board and then we had the kind of fun cameo by uh the goat himself yes rick flair came out to uh, assist triple h in beating batista the nature boy kind, kind of as much as a 70 year old man can't help <laughs> uh but uh that was a nice little appearance and yeah. kind of concluded the story in a nice way that wraps everything up like oh the goat's not dead Batista yeah. didn't kill him and he's here for revenge Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad Randy had his match right before because it would have been cool to kind of have all of Evolution get involved. But yeah. Still still always great to see the Nature Boy. Yeah. 
So that was awesome. Then after the Batista Triple H match, we had the B team come out for a little promo where they're advertising their shirts. Basically, uh, we had Farouk there, still the going, planet's Damn. champion. Uh, we had the, the a picture of the planet with the belt circling it, the yeah. the <laughs> renewable hemp belt circling the planet, still the planet's champion, which I love. Fantastic. I went online to buy it as part of their T-shirt promo. Yeah, but they were do just doing pre-orders, like. Oh, wow. And they weren't even going to ship it until the end of April. And I was like, oh, wow. I want the shirt now. <laughs> why, why do I want the shirt at the end of April? Yeah. Like, And I probably won't even get it till Stock May. Stock up. Like, what's yeah. it? Just, I get it. They they have to put their shirts at some point because that's their business. But uh, yeah, I was if you're going to advertise the shirts, at least have them available. Yeah. Like, I don't want to pre-order the shirt that you clearly already produced because he's fucking wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a really kind of awkward way to uh, advertise the T-shirt you can't get yet. Mm. So that was a little weird. I was a little disappointed. So instead, oh I got the Planet's Champion shirt with the roots and the beard, and I fucking love it. I thought that was a tree beard shirt. It is a tree beard I thought shirt. They were a big fan of the Ents from Lord of the Rings. I am also a big <laughs> fan of the Ents from Lord of the Rings. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a huge fucking nerd. Yeah. Comic books, Lord of the Rings, you name it. Nah, probably. Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups. Again, I, I, I have my belt here just because, uh, I'm no longer the filthy casual you used to know. I've now watched four episodes of 205 Live <laughs> to completion, and I just want to let everybody know I've graduated. Uh, I am no longer the filthy casual. In fact, I would that. kind of consider myself an expert. Look at that. And uh, Dan, you got some catching up to do. All right. Wow. Wow. Uh, just being real, bro. The arrogance. Just being real, bro. The arrogance of this young smark. This rookie smart is going to learn his place. <laughs> all right. Also, this belt is hideous. And I saw it very cheap at the store. And I thought, why not? <laughs> I can think of many reasons why not. Uh, and I kind of love it now. So, um, next up in the WrestleMania. Again, kind of a uh, low point for the show, just overall, this little stretch here. Um, <clears throat> We had Kurt Angle come out for his retirement match against Baron Corbin, uh, finally giving a conclusion to uh, the antics that Corbin has been uh, acting upon for quite a while, basically shitting and uh, and Kurt Angle's Cheerios throughout his uh, goodbye tour and beyond. Uh, he's basically been fucking with uh, Kurt Angle for a year or so plus, <laughs> uh, as the entire storyline goes, uh, back to when... Corbin was the constable and all that. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be really boring and really awful and really painful to watch. Not because Kurt Angle's, you know, a bad wrestler, but just because he's so fucking destroyed mm. and it physically hurts me to watch him wrestle because I just empathize and sympathize and put myself in his shoes and then I feel it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my neck. Oh, my back. Yeah. Oh, I can't bend over. Yeah, he's um, done. Dunner than done. Yeah. Um, But we had some nice surprises from here. Yeah. Some solid stuff from this match and it didn't last too long, mm -hmm. which is way more Thank than goodness. we can say from Triple H and Batista. <laughs> Uh, it was a really nice, coherent, easy match to watch, and I I got what I could have possibly gotten out of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, a good way to describe it. 
we got a kind of surprising and pretty cool moonsault. Yeah. From that Kurt I, Angle. That I did not see coming. From the man can who admit. can't bend at the yeah. knees. Did not see that coming at all. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> and I'm, I was kind of bummed that he didn't get the pin afterwards. I know yeah. it's because it's the retirement and we got to give Corbin the heat. Yes. But. It's what you do on your way When out. you have him do something that cool yeah. that he's never done. Yeah. That was something. I feel like that should have been pinnable. Yeah. I, I, th- just how I feel. It was nice to see that Kurt still had uh, one trick left up his sleeve that he could surprise us all with in his final match, so yeah. good for him on that. Um, and uh, again, we got the biggest you suck goodbye yes, chance you could ever imagine. That's what Kurt wanted. Um, Kurt loves him. I'm kind of bummed that we couldn't change it just one time <laughs> to something nice, but uh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. owns it. He yeah. loves it. It's, it's on his T-shirt. Of, it's part of the culture. It's on his T-shirt now. And Corey Graves had an awesome line where he said, "Amongst humans that suck, <laughs> <laughs> Kurt was the best." <laughs> that was such that an awesome line. Praise. I hope he wrote it ahead of time. Do you know how many people have sucked in human history? <laughs> that is high praise, sir. <laughs> Kurt was the best. <laughs> I thought that was such a great that line. That is an enormous pool of people that he's talking about. Yeah. All right, it was such a great line from Corey Graves. <laughs> Um, we had some nice pictures of like fan anguish in the crowd when baron was doing his thing uh which was really yeah when baron got the pin there were a lot of people that really were not expecting it was people really wanted kurt to win shocked and uh, which is surprising because undertaker didn't win uh you know rick flair didn't win (laughs) like nobody ever wins the retirement match yeah Shawn michaels didn't win his retirement um this is not this is not how this is done (laughs) so it's (laughs) it was it was I. I want to give this a lot of credit. It could have been horrendous, yes. and I was fully expecting it to be horrendous. But yes. it was. It was fun. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. It was the way I wanted to see the man go off. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and then Worked again for me, you know, Corbin. As much as I don't like watching him fight in a leisure suit half the time, yeah, and uh, his vest and whatnot, he has some badass moves. He does, and he did his finisher end of days and yeah. Kurt Angle for the pin and. He's got some awesome moves. Like if yeah. he wants to be a top tier villain, you know, he already has the heat. Yeah. He could easily be a top tier yeah, villain. Yeah, he has one of my favorite move sets. He's got the choke slam onto the knee and then he's yeah. got the He's deep, got awesome moves. And he's got the and deep he's strong. six and the he's end really of days. strong. Yeah. The deep six and the end of days I think are the best one two finishers in the game. So I, yeah. he has a really cool move set that I hope they make better use of in their booking yeah. in the future. He's just one of those guys that again is just poorly handled. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Which um, is a recurring theme. But yeah, some really <laughs> cool fun surprises from this match and kurt actually looked more spry than he has in about two weeks yeah yeah i'm sure he had the adrenaline going and everything yeah. so he it was, gave everything he had if you want to send the man out in a on a high note that's the way to do it yeah and i i was tearing up i fucking loved it yeah i'm tearing up me. right now remembering it work for me he did a moonsault <laughs> he can't bend at the knees and he did a moonsault <laughs> the old man entertained us one last time i love it what a great way to go out the only way that could have been better is if he brought the milk truck out. It's the only way it could have been better. <laughs> yeah, or even just had a, you know, a, a milk bash. <laughs> yeah. Like Stone Cold has his beer bash, he could yeah. have had a milk bash. Yeah, just know? have two cartons. I guess he didn't ah. want to get all messy before he has to go hug 50 people out yeah, of the locker room probably. in the back. I'm sure that would be awkward. <laughs> he smells like old rotten milk. <laughs> Gross. Uh, but yeah, that was that was awesome. Very nice note for him. Uh, again, as good a match as it could have been. You you really can't ask for much more from the broken man. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Kurt, for mm-hmm. everything you've given us. Thank you. Absolutely. We fucking love you. One of the all-time you, greats. In my opinion, you don't suck. <laughs> but please don't ever wrestle again because yes. you look so destroyed and it, it, it makes me worry about you. But you're a titan of this business. You yeah. always will be. No doubt. 
Next up, we had a match that I should have liked more than I did. It was Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor and the the demon form. I love Finn Balor. I love the demon. I like Bobby Lashley. Um, probably, probably a lot more than you do. A lot more. Yes. Um, but this, I feel like this has gone on too long, and just didn't have much heart to it. And as it's, I think both of them put a decent effort forward. You know, obviously Finn's really good, but Bobby put on a good show as well. It was weird that he had the yellow contacts in. I felt like that was just so out of character and it just mm. didn't work for what he was trying to do. I, I, I guess he was trying to have some kind of counter to the demon. Yeah, with psychological. His, with something. his weird contacts, but mm. I don't think it worked very well. Mm. Um, the demon always has an awesome entrance, so that was cool. They really go all out for the stadium to introduce the demon, so that was cool. Um, but I don't, you know, Finn didn't do the full paint. You know, he only did, it looked like he only did like half the paint. Maybe it's because it was a time crunch and he showed up late to the paint or something. I don't know, but it just, he got into full paint for that awful promo spoiling that we were going to get the demon yeah. at, at WrestleMania on Raw, which was really disappointing. And then he went half the paint for the actual show. Mm. So that I was a little disappointed by that. And he kept doing the tongue thing. I don't like the sticking tongue his thing tongue out the entire yeah, thing. That does not work for me. So as much That's a new thing. He did not do that in NXT as yeah. the demon. I don't think he did it the last time he was the demon either. So that was obviously somebody's idea. Yeah. And uh, you know, if we're taking a wild guess as to who comes up with these ideas <laughs> at random times to just make changes. Who, who out else of loves the demon? For no logic. Yeah. Someone uh, who loves the demon too. The so, boss. Uh, yeah. Vince McMahon. Uh, go out there and stick your tongue out. They'll love it. Um I you know, if they're trying something new, whatever. It's WrestleMania, that's what people do. I if it's a one time thing, cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm over it. <laughs> but I wish he would have done the full paint. That mm. that that's what was most disappointing about the demon for me is he didn't mm. do the full outfit. He didn't do the full dedication <laughs> to the the character at WrestleMania, the biggest stage you could possibly have the character out. Mm. And they kind of ruined it with the weekly show with the terrible promo announcing that they were going to do it. You didn't even have to show the demon in yeah. that clip. You could have yeah. just said, "I'm feeling a little demonic" or yeah. something like that, or. And then just cut it. Just made clear that what you're been, going to do. That would have been more than yeah. enough. We didn't need to see the demon stick his tongue out in a promo either. Um, there was a cool uh, moment where Finn actually powerbombed Lashley. And, yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool coming yeah. from the small guy. Right. Lifting a huge dude yep. uh, for a powerbomb. Another so, one of those special spots. So that was awesome. And credit to Lashley because he sold it really well mm-hmm. and it fucking looked awesome. Uh, and then we got the coup de grace for the the win from uh, Finn Balor, and it's the first time he has cleanly beaten Bobby Lashley. Of course, he had to bring the demon out to do it, but he now has the Intercontinental title mm-hmm. in a fair and square way that he didn't have to, you know, pin Leo Rush or anybody else. Mm-hmm. And again, Leo Rush was up to his shenanigans. So even with Leo Rush trying to help Bobby Lashley, Finn still got the pin, which makes the demon look really badass. Mm-hmm. And it finally puts to rest that, hey, Finn can't pin him by himself or whatever, because mm-hmm. he pinned Bobby himself, mm-hmm. not somebody else that was in the group. So that was pretty cool. Um, but overall, I was just kind of meh on the match. It was fine. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was, you know, as much as I wanted to love it, I just I couldn't get really into it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it for what it was. I wasn't expecting much. Um, I like seeing the demon always. Uh, so I was happy to see the demon just for the sake of the fact that I love him. Um, but I do not enjoy Lashley. I can't think of any opponent you, you can put with Lashley that will make me excited for a <laughs> Lashley match. Unfortunately, 
So the demon was really. I think he's a really. I think he's a really good support character. I think when he's in Baron Stable, like just being a the big guy that lifts everybody for mm. them. I yeah. think he's really. Yeah, good. Yeah, that makes sense for mm. him to be the muscle for somebody. But, yeah. Um, as an individual performer, he's just not somebody that gets me interested at all. I don't think he's terribly interested. I don't think he's bad in the ring. I just think he's uninteresting in the ring, and I think he's aggressively uninteresting in promos and when he speaks yeah so i just wasn't hyped for this match in general i wasn't looking forward to it except to see the demon and i saw the demon and that was fine so again like i keep saying a lot tonight it was fine it was fine it was fine it's fine it was good it was fine. i was at this point the show had gone on for so long i was really yeah. just trying to stay awake so i could be yeah, engaged we were, for the main we event. were both just like dragging through at the end here. yeah um, i was i was down in coffee just trying to make sure i could stay engaged for the main event which yeah. i was still invested in so i was trying this whole portion of the show was really just me just trying to yeah s- it's pretty brutal maintain some energy level so i really didn't have any to give yeah <laughs> And then we had a really awkward, kind of weird placement for R Truth and Carmella to come out and have yeah, a dance break, a random. record-breaking dance break. Okay, yeah, and like the show isn't long enough yeah. already. And then we had a commercial for the event we were already watching, and then it came back, and we had to watch Charlotte Flair ride in a helicopter for what felt like forever. Mm. As she made her entrance to the arena in a helicopter. And I'm like, why was any of this necessary? Oh, I did like that. I hated it. It was a tribute to her dad. This is what I liked about it. Which it, it, dragged Flair, on, it dragged on way too One long. of the more famous uh, Ric Flair entrances in, I think, 1988. It might have been at... I don't remember what event it was, but he came in on a helicopter. And it was one of his more styling and profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, <laughs> wheeling, dealing, son of a gun moments. And so I yeah. thought it was a nice tribute. I didn't think... I don't know. I I thought it took too long. I thought the production of it was just oddly done. Really awkward. I liked liked the fact that she was arriving in a helicopter, and I liked the fact that she was walking into the stadium directly from the helicopter. What I didn't like was the intervening time where we were just staring at her face doing nothing for like eight minutes. She wasn't, (laughs) you know, Ric Flair at least had some flamboyance to him. Yeah. She was literally just just looking out the window. Staring out the window stoically. We were watching someone look out the window during a flight. For like five minutes, it was way too that, long. That that was the part I didn't like. So yeah. it was that part of the execution. But I liked the idea. I liked having her do it, and I liked the the visual of her walking into the stadium in her gear from the helicopter. But I didn't like just watching her look out the window yeah. for five. Straight. It was really awkward. So, was a little... so for me, I I was already so f- done with the story. I already hate Charlotte, not because of what she did i'm assuming is what vince did <laughs> yeah and what she did to oscar and how they made this a two title match for no reason whatsoever probably because they knew Cause it's that- bigger gotta make it bigger honestly i think it's because they realized that oh fuck the kofi daniel thing is kind of taking everything over and now we have to raise the stakes because uh, no one really gives a shit about this matchup anymore <laughs> but, well, that's a theory that's what i think but um i was just not into it and as much as I was trying to give it a shot, it just kept doing things to kill the momentum for me. So we get the 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 match, you know, we get all everybody's entrances. We had um um not Lucy Lawless, that's the that's Zena. Joan Jett. Joan Jett, thank you. Um we had Joan Jett with her band out, out there live playing the intro for Ronda Rousey, which is pretty cool. Um, and I thought was, that was kind of awkward because of the fact that the crowd hates Rousey and wants to boo her, and then you have Joan Jett who they want to kind of cheer when she's yeah. performing for them. So, so what you get is a weird the, middle ground where everybody's yeah. kind of silent. They were putting both <laughs> the crowd and Joan Jett in a really awkward position yeah. there. <laughs> Which, again, just killing the momentum of the moment. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. But 
I thought it was nice to see Joan Jett since she is, you know, mm-hmm. representative of the yeah. theme music for Rhonda. And I enjoy Joan Jett. I love Joan Jett, so I was all about it. Um, even if the entrance was kind of awkward, as you were saying. Yeah, just her and the crowd were in a yeah. weird position there. <laughs> and then we had Becky come out, and I don't know why she does this at pay-per-views, but she always has the most ridiculous hair. It's always something with the hair. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Why? It's so unnecessary. You look awesome without the weird yeah. bouffant hair, the yeah. like lion's mane thing she has my she was favorite doing. hair in the business when it's her normal hairstyle yeah. with the side braid, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah. She had the it's weird fine. like Bruce Lee jumpsuit on. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I was already not into it. This, <laughs> it you, I've talked about it on the show for several weeks now. I was just so done with the storyline. I just wanted it to be over because I want to see them do other things. I don't want to see the storyline anymore. Mm. I, it is so done. It's been going on way too long. It had too much dead time. It had like a month where nothing was happening. They were just coming out and yelling at each other. And then Becky would limp out with a crutch. And then they'd have a little brawl that they pull apart. And that was it. Mm-hmm. For like a month straight. Mm, and yeah. I was just, I'm so done with this. And I was just waiting for it to be over. Uh, I don't know how you felt about the match. Uh, I'll look at my notes to make sure I'm not remembering this wrong. Um, I mean, Ronda was getting her ass kicked pretty much the entire yeah, match. She took a She was getting beating. wrecked. By and you could head. see it on her body. Yeah, she was getting wrecked. She had bruises everywhere. Apparently she, she broke she her cut. hand during the match. Too. I believe it. So, yeah, yeah. she had cuts very, everywhere. Very, physical. Uh, we had some chops to the face, so I was like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, um, this match was very, very violent, which actually, for me, is why I liked it, because yeah. even though there were sloppy points... Well, that's and, that's why I didn't enjoy it. If it had been clean but yeah. brutal, I would have been, okay, I get it. But it, was, yeah. it felt sloppy and clumsy. But, but for me, that kind of added a realistic element, though, because of the fact that if you have people that are fighting each other to the death, they are going to be sloppy, and it is going to look weird, and it is going to look imperfect, and it won't be clean. And, yeah. you know, it's again, it's it's avoiding that looking at it as a gymnastics competition thing where you're just hitting the moves in just the right way. They were trying to hurt each other, and it was very physical and violent, and the sloppiness kind of added to the chaotic feel of they were in some kind of struggle. Yeah. And so for me, it helped. It, helped, it actually helped me immerse myself into it a little more, yeah. where I really felt like these three were trying to tear each other apart, which the one part of the build that I did like, and I agree with you on how horrible the build was for months now, but the one part of the build I did like was that last brawl with the cop cars and all of that, yeah, because yeah. that really made me feel like, the holy crap, Benny Hill these guys really want to beat the crap out of each other, and then uh, when they got to the ring, that's what they were doing throughout the match, was yeah. trying to just chaotically beat the crap out of each other and i don't think i've ever seen becky hit harder in a match than she did in this one some of her kicks i've never thought of her as being a particularly hard striker but you could you could feel it when she was hitting some of those kicks on both charlotte and ronda yeah i just thought the physicality and the violence of it along with sort of a chaotic feel just i was able to immerse myself in it even though i saw that it was you know not very cleanly executed yeah i don't know how you feel but for me i felt like charlotte was getting the biggest boost out of this match because she was pulling off some awesome moves i mean Mm -hmm. she pulled off a spanish fly at one point against becky and she was just destroying ronda every Mm -hmm. time she got a hold of her she was throwing her through a table or smashing her on the ground or doing their tandem power bombs or whatever the hell was going on like Mm -hmm. charlotte really looked brutal in this match and ronda ate most of it yeah i kind of wonder Ronda really needs credit for that i kind of wonder if it's because becky's a little more frail than ronda ronda's like a really well tank yeah ronda's (laughs) a a really well built woman yeah and you know it's been kind of rumored that she was going to take a break after this anyway Mm -hmm, whereas if you're going to put the belt on becky 
you don't want to injure right. your new champion by doing this ridiculous, you know, yeah. <laughs> brutal assault. Yeah. So I kind of suspect that's why they did it that way. And it also makes sense within kayfabe because of the fact that Ronda is the unstoppable force in this yeah, match. Yeah, so, so they want to prioritize they taking her down. After her. Yeah. yeah. So that did make sense. And it that part was good. I, I was entertained by that. Um, and she, yeah, Ronda gets a ton of credit. Like I, we I, had the finger four uh, w- w- on Rousey's leg when mm-hmm. she's all mangled and, she, you know, yeah, you I think she did see, a figure four off the post, yeah. which is a spot you don't and see. And you could see the bruise on her legs. Yeah, like she it was, was like, torn up. She was beat the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. And um, and that's really that's similar to the role that Charlotte had played in the TLC triple threat with Asuka and Becky, where she yeah. was just taking all the big bumps and obviously and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Rhonda at all, but I think she is the kind of person that would just say, just don't hold back. Just yeah. give me everything you got and make yeah. it look as good as possible. And yeah, they were they, they were not holding back and it yeah. really added something to the match for me that I think if they weren't if it wasn't as physical as it was, I think it would have been a straight up bad match. But because it was as physical as it was, it immersed me in it. So yeah. I was able to overlook so much of the sloppiness because of that. Okay. And and in defense of the performers on the sloppiness point, I mean, can we just think for a second about the schedule that they were keeping? They were at the Hall of Fame the night before till past midnight, yeah. probably mingling with some of the legends afterward sure. and the other members of the roster. They go back to their hotel. They have to be at the venue several hours before the show starts, as is standard procedure. So the show started at 5 p.m. So you figure they at the latest, they were probably there by 2 p.m. So <laughs> after a late night the night before, sure. they're at minimum sitting in the locker room from 2 p.m. until they got out there at midnight. Yeah. This match started at midnight. I often yeah. wonder about like But how- you can kind of you can kind of say that about every main event, you know. Not main events usually aren't happening at midnight yeah. after a 7-hour show. This was a particularly rough case. Yeah. And when I think about you know, sometimes I wonder, like, how do football players get all hyped up for a night game? You know, how do you, how yeah, do you, you're so used games. to playing at 1 p.m. Especially if you're from the West yeah. Coast or something. How do you yeah. stay hyped up when it's 8 p.m. at night? How do you stay hyped up when it's midnight yeah. <laughs> and you've been sitting in the locker room for 10 hours yeah. waiting to go out and perform and with your nerves? Least, you probably didn't yeah. sleep at all the night before yeah. because of your nerves. You're main eventing WrestleMania. You're the yeah. first women's main event. The whole women's wrestling industry is going to be impacted yeah. by how you do. So you're not sleeping. <laughs> you have a late night. You're not sleeping then you're sitting in the locker room for 10 hours waiting to go out and then you're going out at midnight so all of those factors it's you know it's understandable if they weren't perfectly on point so i would defend them with that too yeah you know so um in the end we had a kind of controversial after the fact Mm -hmm. ending um where becky reverses the piper's pit and kind of pins ronda but ronda actually has her shoulders off the ground and the ref's still counting it, and so it ends with Becky Becky's victory, even though Ronda wasn't actually pinned. Now, I thought they did this on purpose to like keep the Ronda Becky feud going, mm-hmm. um, and to give Ronda the cred as still the baddest woman on the planet that she didn't actually get pinned. It's a controversial ending, and that's right. how we're going to end the night. And Becky's going to have the two belts, but in actuality, Ronda, you know, wasn't actually pinned, so she didn't. She didn't actually get the win. You know, technically. Yeah, um, and you leave I, the door open for a future Becky Ronda feud. Yeah, and which that's, a lot of people wanted in and, the first place. And it cuts Charlotte out of the equation right. entirely, which right. is what I wanted. Right. Um. So that when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's a smart move. I'm I'm excited to see what this is. Maybe the rumors about Ronda taking a break were wrong. You mm-hmm. know, but it comes out after the fact that they fucked up, mm-hmm. and. Whether it was the ref that fucked up or whether it was the team in 
in tandem because again they were pretty sloppy through yeah. a lot of this match and it seemed like things weren't hitting where they were supposed to and you know like i noticed charlotte at several times had to like correct her position like very awkwardly in the middle of the match to make sure everything landed properly mm-hmm. and it it was just i don't know if if it was ronda or if it was becky or if it was charlotte or if it was all three or they just didn't work together well or they their nerves were getting to them or you know maybe there's some injuries there you know ronda broke her hand and like I don't know what it was, but things just weren't clicking consistently through this match. There were some nice moments. Like I said, the Spanish fly stuff, Ronda getting brutally destroyed, and you know Becky had some nice moments with her strikes and whatnot. But I, then with that ending, that turned out to be a fuck-up and not like a planned thing that would have made sense for a good storyline going forward. It just, it just reeks of just... I don't know. Just I don't know. <laughs> I would... It, for something that I should have been the main event, you know, if the Kofi thing hadn't spontaneously taken off, it, you take the Kofi thing out of the equation, it was still kind of an underwhelming kind of sloppy match that had some highlights, that had some nice moments, as any main event should. I mean, even the worst main events still have something to them. And this was certainly not the worst main event, but I just I feel like it didn't live up to anything it could have been. It, it kind of fell short of all the potential, in my opinion, of what it could have been and should have been. And that ending, the controversial ending without an actual story initiative for it, be, just because we fucked up, <laughs> whether it was the ref or whether it was the, the actors playing uh, the part, it just really sucks. Mm. It, it's kind of disappointing and then kind of a spoiler alert for the, the post um, WrestleMania shows. But then we get this really awkward thing at Raw where Becky comes out and starts trying to force the Becky two belts thing. Mm. Oh, that would be great on a t-shirt. Uh, clearly they're trying to advertise this as a t-shirt, you know, and I doubt it's Becky's fault. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's being forced by corporate, yeah. you know, because they want to sell some shit. Right. And it just, it just reeks of just greed and just poor planning and kind of forsaking the, that we already fors- forsaken the entire woman's roster for the sake of the storyline. And now we're kind of forsaking you know, our professionalism and the, the kind of people's investment into the storyline, into the characters for the sake of selling t-shirts and bullshit. And it, it kind of ruins everything for me. And where I wanted this to end just so we could move on to the next storyline. Now I'm like, I don't even want to see this blossom into anything else now. Cause I'm just Mm. so grossed out by it. And I'm so disappointed. I just wanted this whole phase to be done, you know? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I just I was really really disappointed with this main event, and mm. honestly, you know, even though the Brock Lesnar stuff and the Seth Rollins stuff didn't make a whole lot of sense when it was happening, in the full view of everything that happened that night, I feel like that was even that was a little bit better than what the final product of the Becky Charlotte Ronda match was, and that sucks because they're all great wrestlers, they're all great personalities. They all have a ton of potential to create awesome storylines and awesome matches, but it nothing clicked. Nothing came together like it should have. Mm. And it's just one of the most disappointing things when you expect some great potential final event, you expect all of the pieces to make sense, and you think, this is a great idea, this is a great idea, this is a great idea, these are great actors, we got uh, great wrestlers, we got great moments, we got you know nice spots in the match. But it just doesn't click for me. And I was I was left very underwhelmed and very kind of sad that I, you know, we put all this investment into this and suffered through a pretty brutal stretch of poor stellar storytelling to get mm. this as the final event and final mm. product. 
I just I thought it was a, a really disappointing payoff. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, I get that. Um, because of how overplayed the build was, and I think you had hit on a key word when you were talking about Kofi, which is the word organic. Yeah. And this stopped being organic a long, long time ago, and that's really where the problem lies. This seems again. I hate to keep blaming Vince for things that we don't know are his fault, but but it's kind of hard. It's hard know? when there's smoke to not conclude that there may be fire, and this reeks of a situation where an organic fan movement came up behind Becky, and then Vince got his paws all over it and just overplayed it yeah. um, until there was nothing left in there. Um, I still feel that. From what I observed with the live crowd, um, with the signs and with the T-shirts, that there is still an enormous amount of investment in Becky individually. Which, which I am amazed by because they, the WWE has not done her any favors. No. So it's clear how much Becky was over with yeah. the crowd that she yeah. still has something left in the right. tank with the crowd, yes. which is impressive. It's a testament to Becky that her popularity has endured the perpetual you know the winds beating on the rocks in the form of this bad storytelling and everyone knows it's bad storytelling and yet they keep showing up with the man t-shirts and they keep showing up with the man signs and that's because of the fact that the crowd really connects with becky lynch as a performer in a way that very few performers are able to connect with the crowd and for that reason there was still an investment from the live crowd and from me um i agree with you completely on the storyline i'm not going to defend any of the booking that went up to this point the 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 build reached its height the night after the Royal Rumble when Ronda and Becky faced off and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still had an investment of this because of how much I care about Becky and that's how I feel most of the crowd probably felt also. Um, I think the match, like I said, even though it was sloppy, I think it, it had such a, a street fight feel that the sloppiness didn't damage it as much as a conventional match it would be damaged by sloppiness. If you just have a conventional match with no weapons and, sure. you know, it's a disqualification and there are count outs and all that kind of stuff. And there's that kind of sloppiness. Yeah. It really sticks out. I agree. When you got tables yep. getting thrown in and you got chairs involved and you got the announced tables sure. and it's just no holds barred. And you barred. got three players. So there's yeah. a lot to take in at once. Yeah. So it's you don't just like the little things as much. Yeah. And it's just like chaotic, frenetic energy. Everybody's just kind of attacking each other and trying to rip each other apart. And then, then the sloppiness kind of just blends in with the feel of the, of the fight sure. that's going on. So for that reason, I thought, I thought the match was good. I didn't think it was great. Um, I will say that it is worth noting that WrestleMania main events very rarely deliver. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar last Certainly year was not. much worse than yeah. this match. So even though I want to say this wasn't WrestleMania main event material, if you look at previous WrestleMania main events, it actually is pretty up there in recent years. So yeah. uh, it was way better than Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar last year, that's for sure. Yeah. And the fact that there was a real emotional investment in Becky individually, apart from the storyline, apart from the character, there's an investment in this performer yeah. getting her moment. Um, I think those things combine to make it satisfi- satisfactory for me. Yeah. I wasn't blown away. You know, I wasn't amazed, and even the payoff was a little disappointing with how sudden it was with the pin, just because it was out of nowhere and very anticlimactic. Yeah. I wanted to see, and clearly, no one involved expected it. Yeah, because <laughs> there I, was some very like, we're, oh, do we play it or yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Corey Graves didn't call attention to the fact that the shoulder was off the mat, which apparently he wasn't supposed to do because of the fact that the shoulder wasn't supposed to be off the mat. Oh, so, man. and it sounded like Michael Cole immediately just started saying, "Well, you know, that's the decision that's been made. That's the official count. Becky's the, you know, he, he tried." 
tried to pivot yeah. away from calling attention to the fact that the shoulder was yeah. off the mat because that was not supposed to happen. Um, I don't yeah. know if part of it could have been Ronda's injury when she, she's in a crucifix pinning combination. She has yeah. a broken hand. If apparently Becky's the plan weight is was on her. for Charlotte to eat the pin. It wasn't well, a, apparently, according to rumors. That's, yeah, you know, so could, there were different rumors coming out. There was one that... Um, Which I think would suck. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. I think that doesn't help that'd anybody. Be super underwhelming. It, it's it, it would be. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the controversial ending if that was the actual plan, but it yeah. wasn't. That's the that's the sad part is it wasn't the actual plan. And Rhonda, you know, spoiler alert for the next few weeks, we don't see her. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly they don't had plans to do anything with it. So the most recent reports I've heard was that the crucifix pinning combination win was the plan, but the shoulder being up was not the plan. Gotcha. So that's the part that went wrong. And when I found that out, I kind of made my peace with it because ultimately the effect is basically the same. If her shoulder wasn't up and she got the crucifix pin, it still would have been a fluky win. So it yeah. still comes off as a fluky win. We, we have yeah. the additional weird counter. Yeah, yeah, we have the additional, you know, officiating controversy thing, but they're just going to, you know, pretend that didn't happen and yeah. just treat it as she got a roll up pin and caught Ronda off guard, sure. which isn't a really decisive way to beat her. And therefore they can have a feud later on. Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately the effect of the shoulder being off the mat wasn't huge because of that, because the effect was essentially the same as what was booked. Sure. Um, and I did like the fact that, I I was okay with the fact that it went down that way if the plan is to have Ronda and Becky have a singles feud later on because that opens the door for that. Yeah. If the plan is not for a singles feud between the two of them, it was a horrible way to go about it because she absolutely should have had Ronda tapping out if they were going to not have that singles feud later on. Yeah. Because the fact is you built, you've had Ronda decimate the whole Raw women's division for the past year and be yeah. completely invincible, specifically so she could put over someone that you want to vaunt to the next level of superstardom. Yeah. And this is your person. Becky is your person to vaunt to that next level. If you're not going to have Becky beat Ronda fair and square and get that rub, yeah. then there's nobody that's going to get the rub. Got an, you got another Lesnar on your hands. What, yeah, what was the yeah. point of the Ronda Rousey experiment if it wasn't to give someone that rub? Yeah. So you better give her that rub when they have a singles feud later on or else you just took it away from her for no reason. Yeah. So I hope that that's the result of that. Um, and it was a little sudden, which took away a little bit from the moment because it wasn't something it wasn't like i was on my screen saying tap 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 like i would be if she was in yeah. the disarmor um it wasn't like a clear yeah. you know like finishing move yeah. into a pin it was just yeah. so out of nowhere you, you expected she was going to kick out so you weren't even like really paying attention as though the match could yeah. potentially end right now then it was and then over, it was just you, over you hear Corey graves talking about just the what? shoulder not down you're like wait what yeah there, there was a pin yeah what? yeah and then the other disappointing thing to me was that her celebration wasn't very long. I understand yeah. we were very late and, and it was, was pushing twelve thirty. And it was awkward too. But five minutes? You had Rhonda like like clearly something was off with her. I don't know what was going on, but yeah. if she was pissed off about the screw up or if something else was going on, or if she was just trying to play into it. Yeah. Or and then we had Charlotte just kinda you know, <laughs> sitting yeah. on the side, just not paying attention at all. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they had a pretty rough table spot with Charlotte about halfway through the match too, where the table didn't break, and it, yeah. it's really it's becoming Again, just because of the sloppiness. It's becoming like, an just... internet meme with Charlotte uh, with tables that are her enemy because she always <laughs> seems to have mess ups like that with yeah. tables. Whenever there's a table involved they just in a want Charlotte to kill match, her. they just yeah, yeah, they just don't accept her. No give for you. Um, but yeah, I thought the celebration. I mean, it only went like five minutes. She was in the ring with the two belts for like five minutes, and then it went black. You yeah. know, you had, when you had Kofi getting his win, his whole family came to the ring. He yeah. was dancing Which around. Awesome. The New Day brothers were it was there. A great moment. You know. Becky's family was there. I would have wanted her parents were there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would have wanted to see They're her. Probably hidden in her hair. Have more than just sitting. <laughs> 
stop it, you. <laughs> I, would have, I just would have wanted to see her get more. First ever yeah, for sure. women's main event. She's yeah. in the main event of WrestleMania. She just won both titles in the main event of WrestleMania. You would think that she would have had more of a moment than just standing in the ring alone with two belts yeah. for five minutes and then we go black. I think, honestly, for me, I think the biggest disappointment for me is that the women's division is so awesome right now. It's better than it's ever been. And who knows what the future holds? We got amazing talent from Sasha to to Bailey to you know uh, even on the NXT rosters we got EO and you know Kyrie we got Asuka we got Charlotte Becky you know Ronda's just you know she's a superstar yeah, even, even Ember, outside of the WWE yeah, even Ember, Ember Moon, Moon's Ruby awesome Riot. Naomi yeah um uh you know Ruby Riot yeah. uh, just really loaded it's amazing how much talent there is on the woman's roster. And it sucks for me that they had their shot for the first woman's main event. They announced it way too early. They poorly executed it. They poorly planned it. And this is what we got. And while it was good, not great. Um, the person they chose was appropriate, but I just, I, I feel like it's such a big wasted opportunity that you'll never get again. You may, you may have women's main events in the future. Great. You know, but it's never going to have the weight of the first hmm. and, you you wanted that to be a huge moment, and I felt like it just fell flat. Mm. And it, that's what's most disappointing to me is you had your one shot to get the first, and you kind of blew it. Mm. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't go quite that far. I think it wasn't done nearly as well as it should have been done. Um, but I think in the end, they got a passing grade as far as what actually happened at the end of WrestleMania. They got the result that they needed. They got the crowd. The crowd was still invested in Becky enough that they got the crowd reaction that they needed. And they got the closing shot of WrestleMania with Becky two belts with a happy crowd don't, don't sending everybody that, home. <laughs> well, yeah. you better get used to it because it. it's going on a T-shirt. I hate it. Um, I'm going to so the television every I, time I hear it. I think they uh, I think I think they delivered what they needed to deliver in the end. So I think it was an ugly it was like, you know, if you're failing, if you're just skipping all your homework assignments in class. For a whole semester and then at the very end you just do well enough on the final exam that it bumps your grade up to passing yeah. that's kind of how i felt about this whole thing okay. they delivered what they needed to deliver becky got the rub becky's the first one to pin ronda becky gets the titles becky gets the moment to close the show that's what needed to happen that's yeah. what the point of all of this was was ultimately just to make that happen mm -hmm. and that's what happened so it was fine for me it was passing it was not nearly what it could have been but they got the moment they needed sure well, there you have it. What do you give WrestleMania overall? Overall, like, man, the the problem with this WrestleMania is the <laughs> highs are so fucking high. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I, there's ever been an emotional high for me in, in wrestling as high as I was with the Kofi-Daniel Bryan match mm -hmm. because I love both the players. I love the organic storytelling. I loved how great the emotional moment was when New Day came racing out you know, seeing his family go up there with him in the middle of the show, like with no regard for anything else, because that's what mattered in that moment. Yeah. I, I just fucking loved it. And the, you know, the, the fucking off the tower, you know, Miz dropping with Shane from 15 foot up and just awesome, brutal moment. Just the Usos, uh, you know, tag team title defense, you know, with great showings from everybody in the bar and just even the pre-show with the, uh, you know, Ryder Hawkins going up against the Revival and just an awesome match from uh, Murphy and Tony Nese. It's just there were so many great moments, mm -hmm. but the lows were really low at points. And it's just it's hard to come, you know, to meet the two. And I feel like there's so many wasted opportunities, especially in the second half. 
I'm so conflicted on this one. Mm. And I feel like the rating I give it now won't be the same as I give it tomorrow or the next day or the next day, you know. But because the highs were so high, yeah, I I'd give it an eight. I mm-hmm. I'd give it a really strong eight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, really solid eight. Even with the low moments, I the highs were so high and so yes. good, and the first half really was so consistently good across the board. I had a lot of fun. I can I can't complain. Yeah, I feel mainly the same way, but I'm gonna go nine. And I'm going to go nine because for me, WrestleMania is primarily about how it makes me feel more than anything. When I'm watching a takeover, I'm really looking for high quality in-ring product from beginning to end because that's what they're known for. That's kind of their niche. Which we got. Which we absolutely got a takeover New York, which, by the way, I should have given it a 10. I gave it a nine and a half, and I apologize. It should have been a 10. <laughs> I'm revising it to a 10 out of 10. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's already in the books. Retroactively. We can't go back. It's a 10 in it's a 10 in spirit Uh, (laughs) but with wrestlemania it is the culmination of all the most important stories of uh it's it's the it's where the biggest moments are supposed to happen and for me wrestlemania is really about how it makes you feel uh and i know i finished this wrestlemania feeling tired but also feeling happy <laughs> and so well it, he got pretty much everything he wanted except for the the women's tag yes, title exactly so, so that was the one thing that i was denied as, as uh, a fan of these characters yeah. you were very satisfied yes uh yeah see yes as much as i really hated how seth seth's match went about it as i was watching it i've now come around to how they did it yeah and i still think it was a great moment for seth to win that title I'm uh, Kofi. I mean, there's no more that can really be said about it. It was the best moment in wrestling for a long in a long time. Um, And I was still invested in Becky, even though I'm not invested in that story. So ending with Becky with the two titles to close out the show sent me home happy. Um, I can find things on the card I didn't like. I can find results I didn't like. I can find matches I didn't like. Um, But ultimately, it made me feel very satisfied. Um, And that's really what WrestleMania is about is being happy being sent home happy so we can start a fresh new wrestling season yeah which starts the day after wrestlemania rather than having an off season of course um but i was happy and i think uh i need to kind of keep my standards at a reasonable level so i'm given i think they gave me they gave me the three results i most wanted so they get an a for that a minus 9.0 9.0 out of 10. well they kind of screwed the planet's champion i just want to say but uh <sighs> <laughs> Brett, was... Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a gr- great moments all all across the, the the fucking event, and I just I can't give it anything less than an eight. If I'm truly honest with myself, uh, we got a lot to build from. Uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of injuries uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about on the next episode. So please look forward to that next episode. We're talking superstar shakeup. And uh, the shows from that week, we'll probably briefly go over the go-home shows because we're constricted for time. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, look forward to that. We're going to talk about the fallout of the Superstar shakeups and what we kind of predict for the future of these characters and how we're going to uh, evolve as we go towards SummerSlam. Um, once again, I really want to thank you for sticking with us and listening, watching, and uh, liking Hit the Mats podcast. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. Once again, if you like comics, be sure to check out our comic show, Hit the Books podcast, which I do with my friend Emery Saunders. Um, uh, we got a Shazam review coming down the pipeline as well. So again, tons of stuff to edit. Uh, by the way, go see Shazam. It's really fucking good. Go see it. Thank you.
Have you suggested that before? I, I don't know if I've Yeah, if you follow me on social media, I've been recommending it every single day. Yeah, I unfollowed Even him. if you are not a comic book fan, see this movie. I unfollowed it's, him. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> My brother unfollowed me. He's very committed. <laughs> Too committed. <laughs> Creepily committed. It's great. It's great. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you. Uh, check out our website, htbvids.com. Check us out on Twitter at htbvids. Uh, talk to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. We got it. Um, and we really appreciate you sticking with us. Check out our Patreon if you are so inclined. Patreon.com forward slash hit the books. It supports both shows if you contribute there. And there are some tiers and rewards you can uh, receive if you do help us out a little bit. Uh, I think that wraps up everything. It's been a really long episode, but the, the, exactly what WrestleMania was. Really fucking long. <laughs> uh, goodbye, Kurt Angle. We'll miss you. Uh, I'm glad you're not wrestling anymore. But uh, you are a star among stars. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see you go out uh, your own way. And Batista, you know, you're young. The animal. You're young enough that I'm not sure this is actually retirement, but you know, if it is retirement, we'll miss you too. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure we'll see you in a lot of superhero movies to come, whether it's Suicide Squad 2, please don't do it, or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. All right. I think that's everything. Until next time, Superstar Shake Up. We'll see you then on Hit the Mats Podcast. Give me what I want! <laughs> Still the plans, champ. Becky, two belts. Oh. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs>